When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is an eternity of basketball as part of the Globally Balling Network. We are on the Globally Balling YouTube page. The most trending episodes on YouTube. Juan Fernandez at number one, all the way down to Oscar Rocha at number 10. Which one is your favorite? Keep, keep watching us on Globally Balling. And then check out the Globally Balling Network for original articles, audio and video projects. Globallyballing.com is the website to check out all of that. Check out the social media as well. Catch us live on Twitter. We're on the Twitter page of Globally Ball and streaming right now, aside from YouTube and Facebook, so you can watch us there. And the link that you need is linktree slash Globally Balling for easy access to all of that. Okay, here we go. It's episode 191 of An Eternity of Basketball. I'm Charlie Kuna together with Sid Ventura, just the two of us today. And we're going stateside on this day and uh, very privileged to have our guest on this day. He's a Dukey. And if you know the history of the Duke Blue Devils, He's one of the best in that uh, on that team, to have played on that team. He knows Mike Krzyzewski because Mike Krzyzewski came in in his senior year. So Mike Krzyzewski coached him, and he was the top scorer for that team uh, back in uh, 1980. And uh, uh, he's a Hall of Famer for the Duke Blue Devils, played in the NBA for six seasons for the Spurs and the Bulls. And, uh, well, you know, let, let's just, just dive into it and then get the whole story from the man himself. They call him Tinkerbell. We're going to talk about that later on. His name is Gene Banks. We'll bring him in right now. Gene, thanks uh, for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, it's, it's an honor, especially you doing this from Manila. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. We're, we're both here in Manila. And, uh, you know, as, just to tell everybody, let's start by, by telling everybody how we got in touch with Gene. He's a friend of our good friend, Andrew Fields, who yes. came out on the show. I saw you in a photo with Andrew. I said, hey, Andrew, maybe you think we can get Gene Banks on the show? And then he, that's, that's how things got rolling. So, so thanks to Andrew Fields. I hope he's going to tune in today. He knows that you're, you're on the show. So well, I mean, hope Let, me, let me just say that that uh, Andrew Fields was a guy that I, I watched coming up and was playing, and he was just a dominating, amazing player and really even a better person, just an amazing guy. And uh, it's always good to see him. He, feel, he brings back all the memories of when I was coming up. Uh, remembering him when he played mm-hmm. and he was a superstar here in the in the philippines played for four or five seasons here for one of the top teams and then brought championships he was the first ever best import yeah uh award here in the philippines in the professional league here so yeah well andrew i hope i hope he's watching it in a bit but let's get to your yeah. story uh, gene in in a, in a country where there's all sorts of sports uh, american football baseball etc uh why basketball uh it's interesting you know the thing about basketball for me i really didn't like basketball uh my dad was a good player and uh he played a lot around the sandlots around uh 
Philadelphia, different places like 40th and Woodland Avenue, Myers, Haddington, all the greats played there. Wilt Chamberlain, Wally Jones, Earl Monroe, even Wally Rice. Uh, I can go down the list. Uh, of basketball in Philadelphia was, was just amazing. Of all the great players that came out of there, Andre McCarter, uh, Joe Bryant, which, who is Kobe Bryant's father. Uh, it, these guys were just amazing. And coming up through that era that I played, and some of the guys that played with me, like the, the late, great Michael Brooks and the late, great Lewis Lloyd uh, and my teammate, the late, great Clarence Tillman, Aggie Tillman. Uh, basketball was just just was just amazing. And when my dad finished playing, I was a young kid. Uh, he would call me over to the court and um, he would just throw the ball at me. And uh, <clears throat> he, he he tripped me, gave me a wedgie. He made it fun. You know, he made it fun. And, and then I started going out with him and. Uh, as I started getting bigger, um, he, he would put me on his teams. And, and, and you know, if you play in the sandlots, uh, the cement courts, you got you win, you stay on. If you lose, you're off. But he covered my back. Mm -hmm. it, 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 that's why I learned I learned a lot of my game from some of the old heads, uh, Hildebrand Pelzer, uh, Sonny Hill, Gilbert Saunders. Uh, it's just so much that I learned. Uh, and I started liking the game. And it was more so because Dad and I were hanging out together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but did you did you double? Yeah, go ahead, Chad. Go ahead, Chad. You, know, you mentioned a lot of names uh, earlier. You know, Philadelphia. Yeah. You mentioned one of those names that really stood out, maybe for our viewers, is Louis Lloyd, the late, yes. late Louis Lloyd, because he actually played here uh, yes. for a couple of yes. seasons uh, as an import, um, early yeah. 1990s. I remember he was uh, he had a legitimate NBA pedigree, and when he came over, he uh, he really stood out. Among all of the uh, the imports here, he was the he was the first guy that you know they they called the Euro step that mm -hmm. that, that Euro step move. Lewis Lloyd was really the first guy I've ever saw do that. And he was doing that in high school, uh, yeah, and then yeah. he went on to to play at Drake, and then also uh, with the Houston Rockets. Yeah. We we were like in high school, uh, we were number one team in the country, and they were right behind us. Uh, we were in the same division. So one of the reasons why they weren't like one of the top teams in the nation because they they got two losses on us and in those ratings you got to have less losses. But Overbrook High School was one of the best high school teams in the country, and I'm not just saying that. But uh, mm -hmm. we had battles. We were like Ali Frazier, you know. That was, that was how it was, <laughs> and uh, it was amazing to to play against yeah. uh, someone like him. Yeah, that's right. Overbrook great, great is reference. Also where the uh, Will Chamberlain attended high school, right? Yeah, Overbrook, Overbrook High School is where Will Chin went to school. Will Smith went to school there. Wally <laughs> Jones, Walt Hazard, uh, a prolifera of people that uh, went to Overbrook High School, uh, and they were our rivals, and they weren't too far from us. And it's uh, it was they talk about Duke Duke Carolina rivalry, but Overbrook High School versus West was a major major rivalry. So I was already prepared for that. Right, and because you, you mentioned already about high school and then West Philadelphia, you know, you got a great career over there playing. Uh, at West Philadelphia, I think it's time we should enter our first, the first segment of our show yeah. right away. We enter, we'll enter what it's called. The, it's called the time capsule. We prepared a bunch of photos from your <laughs> career, so we're gonna go back and look at that. And this is brought to us by Fitbit. It helps everyone really in the world get healthier <laughs> from counting your steps to giving personalized insights on your heart rate and sleep patterns. Log your exercise and access great tools and content on the Fitbit Premium, all of the Fitbit platform. So check out all their line of products on Fitbit.com. Feel the power. Okay, let's go to photo number one. And because we're talking about there West Philly, there you oh, are. Wow. Oh, wow. In motion. Oh, wow. So, you, you know, and a lot of our, our photos today we actually got, got from Gene Banks' own website. 
you know, gmac.com. <laughs> and, and then so so that's West Phila. And look at him. I mean, that's not a high school guy. This guy is like, like an NBA, that's an NBA body right there playing in high school. And I'm sure you were toying with the guys. He played for a team called the Speed Boys. Yes. And Gene, Gene and I were talking. And can you tell us about that? Why, why, why Speed Boys? Yeah, West Philadelphia is an area. Uh, I can tell you more about that. But uh, the, the Speed Boys name was, I think, was more so because the name, the moniker came because the school was good for track back in the early 50s and the 60s. And that is, an official, that is our official name. And uh, the, the great thing about that was that that name was unique, different than anything else. But in, the, in this picture, that's a picture that we played the Palestra, which is where Penn University of Pennsylvania had the games. They had the Big Five, Temple, LaSalle, uh, St. Joe's, Villanova. And in this game, we played Father Judge and the Catholic. That was a city championship game. And the referee that refereed this game is the great Joey Crawford. And if I'm the oh, NBA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So he was he was a high school referee still at the time. Yes. That's before yes. he became a, an NBA guy. Okay. Yes. So, Joey Crawford uh, was uh, was amazing. Uh, even back then, he here's a guy. Here's a white guy coming into the black community areas, and he was gutsy, and he, uh, he he's he's beloved by everybody, especially by me. He's the most amazing guy. And then I also had him in my biggest game with uh, with the Spurs. He ref that game, so we we're we're connected, and he's been so helpful throughout <laughs> my life, and, and and such a great guy. When you were like in this photo, how old are you here? You're probably in your teens. I was 17, right? I think I was. Yes, yeah, 17, 17 years old. At 17 years old, you mentioned all these big names, as, as Sid mentioned earlier, uh, that were playing in the area. But did you have any idols already at the time, like NBA guys that you looked up to and wanted to be like? It's really interesting because we know Will Chamberlain was 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 great back in those days, uh, even earlier when I was just starting to play basketball. But you know, we we take we take for granted our heroes that that are around us. My idol was Jerry West. I like Jerry West, the way he shot and so forth. But uh, Will Chamberlain was one of the guys. I would rush home. Uh, I was staying still with my grandparents at the time, and we watched a lot the Lakers where they had uh, Jerry West, Gail Goodrich. Uh, Pat Riley was on that team as well. Yeah. And uh, we watched that game, and I loved watching Jerry West uh, so much and, and, and enjoyed watching play. But Will Chamberlain was dominant. We loved you know, He was beloved by me and by everybody. But Jerry West was pretty much my idol. Mm-hmm. Okay. So along, 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 along with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, and Joe, <laughs> Frazier's, Joe Frazier's from Philadelphia. So yeah, I, I, I love that yeah. you're talking about it because one of their best fights, if not their best fight, was held here in Manila. The Thriller yes, in the Manila. Manila. Yeah. That's right. So you know, that was focused now because the, the basketball World Cup was just held at that at the stadium where that happened, where the Thriller happened, and there's a big banner, Thriller in Manila. So Joe yeah. Frazier and, and, and Muhammad I, and I Ali. The, and I got to grow up with Joe Frazier's. Uh, to his son, Marvis and Jack Marvis, and Marvis, yeah. Judge in Philadelphia. And it, it, it was just a great – that time in high school was an unbelievable time uh, for all of us. Uh, you know, Evelyn Champagne King, the singer, lived, oh. lived in that neighborhood. Uh, uh-huh. Phyllis Hyman lived there. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Gamble and Philadelphia Sound was pretty big. And we saw the, these people every single day. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, those are, those are people we would have yeah. loved to see. And then, of course, we, we still listen to Evelyn Champagne King. Yes. Uh, nowadays, it's, it's a shame, right? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. But then there you are. You're dancing on that court. And obviously, you know, uh, you were playing very well. You mentioned top team uh, in the country. Mm-hmm. And then you were winning and you were an All-American in high school and all of that. Um, the scouts, I'm sure, were coming, though, from the, from the universities and the colleges where we're checking you out there at West Philadelphia. 
How did you find yourself? Why did you stay local? Why did you move over to, to North Carolina? I mean, to, to, well, it's, to, it's, it's really interesting. It was, was kind of crazy. Once you once you become the number one player in the country, everybody wants you. There was the recruiting thing was was something you can write a book about. Uh, there was all kind of things thrown at you. People leaving money in in, in the trash can and shoe boxes. Uh, guys sleeping in their cars. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was crazy. There one time I couldn't even stay home for a week or two. Uh, and, and the thing was, Philadelphia had me. University of Pennsylvania, uh, I would have went to University of Pennsylvania if I told the story. And the story is, the reason why I didn't go to University of Pennsylvania was because the Ivy League conference did not allow freshmen to play varsity basketball. Uh, they were, you know, back in the day, you had Art Heyman at Duke and, and Charlie Scott at Carolina and David mm -hmm. Thompson, those guys. Even Bill Walton had to play on the freshman team. But they mm -hmm. changed the rules uh, back, uh, they didn't change rules until after I left and went to Duke. And mm -hmm. I was heard, I was told that that was one of the reasons why they changed the rule for the Ivy League. So, uh, that happened to change me from staying home. The pressure was to stay home. Uh, Villanova was one of the top in there. They had Riley Massimino at the time, and they mm -hmm. had a great family unit. Uh, but something was instilled in me from my, my high school English teacher, Ms. Dr. William H. Detweiler, of being able to go talk because I knew nothing about Duke. I didn't know Duke even existed. Um, I, I had to pick six schools, uh, and in the six schools that I picked, I saw them on national television. You got to remember ABC and CBS with Al McGuire were showing the, the NCAA uh, champion the playoffs, and I saw Notre Dame, I saw Michigan, I saw Carolina, I saw NC State, and I saw UCLA, and those were the top five that I picked that I was going to go to visit. And I had one more left because back then they only allowed uh, recruits to visit six schools that were paid for. Um, and my English teacher kept saying, you know, he was never about basketball. It was all about academics. He kept telling me, you got to go to Duke University. You got to see it, the, the, the architecture. Blah, 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 blah. It was just a mess. <laughs> and to, just to get him off my back, he was tutoring me. I said, okay, I'll go. And uh, I chose to go to Duke and I went to visit and, Quite naturally, if you're the number one player, they're gonna roll the red carpet out. And and I saw a, a school, <laughs> small school, and uh, it had it had it was beautiful. There's no doubt. Uh, and they had a group of, of, of African Americans that were there that I I, I kind of get attuned to. And and I just said to myself, I can come here and make this team a national power. Now I'm not Ralph Sampson, and I'm not Patrick <laughs> Ewan or Kima uh -huh. Lajuan, That I'm a big aircraft carrier type of guy, but I knew. With the teacher Joe Goldenberg, my high school coach, who was so so instrumental in my career and my life, uh, molding me, I knew I can take that winning attitude uh, to Duke and, and make them a national power. But what was, what was the pitch of Bill Foster to you when he spoke to you? You know, it's interesting. Bill <laughs> Bill was the funniest out of all the coaches. He was like a Johnny Carson type funny guy, <laughs> and uh, he was really weird, uh, funny. Uh, I, I couldn't, I, he, 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 <laughs> he, he made me think all the time to the fact that who is this guy? You know, I remember he came to watch me play in the barbarian league, which is the suburban league. And all these coaches were there and they, they spoke, they spoke, they weren't really supposed to speak to you, but they spoke and he walked out and left, walked right past me. And this was just the beginning stages. And I said to him, I says, uh, you know, I, was, I went back to my mom. I said, mom, I, all these coaches were there. Some of them spoke. But that coach from Duke walked right past, didn't say anything. So eventually, a call was made, and 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 uh, they put him on the phone. And he serious voice. He says, "I said, uh, coach, I said, uh, you were you were at the game. I didn't see that you uh, spoke to me." 
And he said, well, I watched you play, and uh, I really don't think you're good enough to play for us. And he hung the phone up. <laughs> he hung the phone Whoa. up. And I'm in the kitchen with my mom. I said, <laughs> I said, are you serious? I mean, the guy from Duke hung the phone up on me. So the assistant coach, Bob uh, uh, Bob Winslow, called back. And he was he was like so – he was – he was anxiety filled. Says no, no, no. You gotta understand, coaches. He was just kidding. He was just playing around. I said, I can't believe he did that. So that that really caught my attention about him uh, that he would do whimsical things like that. Uh huh. That's just kind of crazy, actually, if you think about it. But but he did yeah. get your attention. That's for sure. This photo on the left. Uh, this is from high school, still, right? Uh, Listen, you, that, not, that, that yeah. is a that is an unbelievable how, how you found that. Look at the players on this, and then people that are watching this too. Look at the players on that. The far left, number eight, is Howard McNeil. Howard okay. McNeil was considered one of the greatest uh, uh, talents coming out. Went to Abington High School. That was Howard McNeil. Then next to me, number four, that's me. And that's this yeah. is, and then Lewis Lord is right next to me uh -huh. after that. Right, right. And yeah. right next to Lewis Lord is Michael Brooks. If okay, yeah. Michael Brooks is LaSalle from LaSalle, yeah. Yep, yep. And then uh -huh. also on the floor is uh, number 14 is Keith Parham. He's passed away, was a great player, played at Temple. Uh, then Michael Blackshear, who played over Brook, uh, well, was a great player. And then right there is awful Jeffrey Clark, number three. Jeffrey Clark now is one of the top NCAA referees for basketball. Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. And if you look further, he can't see him much. To, he, he looks like a white kid. That white yeah. kid is Fran McCaffrey, the coach of Iowa. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Fran, okay. <laughs> we, called, we, we called Fran McCaffrey. He was like uh, – uh, Pete Maravich, most um, if you look at him now, he looks like a banker. But uh, when, when he played, <laughs> he had all the Pete Maravich dribble. He, he was a great ball handler, great passer, an awesome player. So that was the Sunny Hill League All Star team yeah, right there. Okay. And we we went on to play against New York and Ohio, and and we beat we beat everybody. Yeah, I was wondering why the uniforms didn't match. So it turns out it was like a selection. Yep, there was a selection from the league, the best players in the league, and they took this picture, and then we went on to play against New York, we played against Jersey, we played against Ohio. Uh, it was that team right there. You got to look at it. Lewis Lloyd played for the Houston Rockets. Michael Brooks played for the Clippers. Um, mm -hmm. Key Parham played at Temple. Jeffrey Clark played at St. Joe's. Fran McCafferty, you know, you see his history. In the, that, was, that was just – that team right there was the most powerful, strongest team in the nation, in the nation. Mm -hmm. And you were being used, Gene, uh, as a forward. You were always a forward. You were never yeah, used I was, I was never really a center. I was, I was always a forward, switch between power and, 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 and small forward. So I could do a, a pretty much a lot of things, uh, bring the ball up the court and things like that. I, I saw the floor, and uh, I just I just always wanted to make the other players better, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, make them stronger. That was It's all about winning. It was not, never about me trying to uh, – uh, get points. It was whatever right. it needs to do to win, and that's what it was all about. Right. Sid. Yeah, no, I was wondering, you mentioned you also played against a team team from New York. Uh, I was wondering, you know, because New York is also a, a hotbed of basketball talent. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. Who did you play against? Uh, that, Albert that King. Al Albert King was one of the, the, you know, he was, uh -huh. just you just say Albert King and that's it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, yep. He, he wasn't Bernard's younger brother. He was Albert King, right? He was Albert King. Uh -huh. And uh, I know his high school team, my senior year, had a game. Uh, Fort Hamilton uh, had a game in Philly, and we were going to play a game up in Pittsburgh. And my coach sent the team up early, and my coach and I sat and watched this game. It was played at Drexel University. We stayed next day to watch Albert King play. And I've never seen a more beautiful player 
do everything. He's he's bringing a ball up like Magic Johnson. He's he's shooting. I mean, he he was a it was he was poetry in motion. And I fell in love with this guy from that. And I met him. Right, that was the first time we met. We met backstage. I, I have a I have a picture of that that we keep. And I, we finally met. And I said, "Man, you're the most poetic, beautiful player I've seen." He says, "No." He said, "You're the Tinkerbell." He said, "You're the you're the best. You're, you're not, you are the best." So we 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 we've talked last week. We still stay in touch. Wow, that's uh, so mutual admiration. But but since you mentioned it already, so as early as that, they were calling you Tinkerbell. How did that come about? It's really interesting. It's a name that, believe me, I was not picking for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm my, cousin sure of that. Theodore, my cousin Theodore, he was he was known throughout Philadelphia, giving guys nicknames. So we're trying to, he was trying to find a nickname for me. Gene Banks Magnum Force, Gene Banks the Power. And uh, you know, we we he came to my high school uh, and we had a fire drill. He went to Arlington High School and he came to my high school and, and instead of me going back into the to, to the school, uh, we went downtown. And back in those days, you had truant officers in white cars. And if you got caught, you, you can be in serious trouble. So we ducked into a movie theater. We're sitting in the movie, uh, hiding out, watching this. And then this Peter Pan thing came up. And he was sitting there and he's going, yeah, that's what we're going to call you. And I'm going, okay. I'm looking up there. There's a guy in tights, which is Peter Pan. And then there's <laughs> a guy with a hook, Captain Hook. He, and I, I says, which one of those? He says, that's what I'm going to call you, Tinkerbell. And I looked at him and I says, <laughs> You are out of your freaking mind. <laughs> I said, don't you dare think about that. He says, no, no, no. You got to understand. You got to understand. You see how she flies? That's how you fly in the air. You see the charisma and the magic? That's the magic you have with all the people, blah, blah, blah. He's at the Tinkerbell. And I said, if you ever think about having that being come out of this movie theater, I will kill you halfway and then again. <laughs> so two days later, I had a championship game. Uh, Teddy was at the game. Apparently, he went around and had people saying when I shot the basket, Tinkerbell. I heard it, but I didn't hear it. I had a great game uh, on a team with uh, Tim Smith and Mark Dwight, Wilbur Lowbrick, and Calvin Goodwin. We won the city championship against that mm -hmm. team called Father Judd, uh, but that was my sophomore year. I, I was only averaging 15 points, but I had this great game, 24 points, 20 rebounds, and uh, they the next day, uh, in the paper, in the front page, not the sports, but the front page, it said and then on there, there's another bell in Philadelphia, the Tinkerbell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, my Teddy had come in the door because he loved to eat. My mom always cooked. And I grabbed him by his collar and we took him outside. And I was really, I was pissed. And we were walking around the corner. I'm giving him to him. I said, now nah, you see what happened? This is the name. I'm six something years. Tinkerbell, are you serious? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so these kids were playing in Huey's schoolyard. Two kids were playing while I'm barraging them and giving them a hard time. This one kid goes, well, I'm going to make this move, this flip move, like Sweet Lou. They call Lou Black Jesus, Sweet Lou. And then this other kid, well, I'm still bright. He goes, well, I'm going to take this back and fade away like the Tinkerbell. And we both <laughs> turned and looked and said, and he looked at me and went. And, yep. and I, watched, I watched these, this was two days. I watched this happen and materialize in front of me. And then I went back and next thing I know, I embraced it. And now... And Teddy said, you see what I'm saying? You got to remember, you got Bruce Wayne, Batman. You got Clark Kent, Superman. And he said, now you got Gene Banks, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. <laughs> so, well, I, oh, oh, if you're talking about nicknames, of course, that really fit. I mean, nobody would have ever given you that no. except that that fella. So you're not I, I would not have picked it. But then I embraced it. I became, I had a, a pregame ritual that gets me whatever. And then my best friend, Mel Parker, 
we had the saying, you know, float like a, like my man Muhammad Ali, float like uh-huh. a butterfly, oh, thing like a, like a bee. You know, the Tinker Bell is like the cream of the crop, and like the cream, it always comes to the top. And we always had that. It, and, and, you were rhyming people, back then, huh? It was unbelievable. Well, I wasn't rhyming. That was Mel. But it was so, <laughs> the thing that's still intriguing to me today, no one said anything like cracked about it. No one, I mean, I would have cracked about it. You know, this is guys, Tinker Bell. But it, no one calls me by Gene Banks. It's Tink or Tinker, no matter where I go. And then it carried on down to Duke. And uh, the world, I mean, there's books written about it and, and all kind of stuff. And it, it's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> the Tinker. <laughs> well, it's a story in itself, of course. But we're looking at you here. This is the transition. So you played like an all, as an all-star in high school. You make it to Duke. You told us our story, how you ended up over there. Mm-hmm. So there you are. You're, you're dunking that ball at number 20. Is there, did they assign the number 20 to you? Did you choose that jersey number? Here's the thing. I've had the number throughout my life, and the story behind the number 20 is my grandfather, Clifford G. Clark. My grandfather played in Mobile, Alabama in the Negro League, the Black Negro Leagues. And mm-hmm. one day I went down when I was staying with him. One day I went down to base. He had this old, this old, old trunk. And I opened up the trunk, and he had a, they had they wore those wool, those wool jerseys. You know, those those sketchy, sketchy, itchy uh, jerseys. <laughs> and it was the number 20. And uh, I was always trying to find number seven, this, that, and the other. But when I saw that, something just said, this is the number you're going to take. So I've had that uh, number throughout. I've never had another number throughout my career uh, mm-hmm. in the honor of my grandfather, Clifford G. Clark. Uh, and that's really funny because not too many people wear no, the, the number 20. So it's pretty easy to get it, I guess. You're not fighting with anyone. <laughs> I guess, but it's, for, for my, it, it, it's an honor of my grandfather. Didn't, I didn't even know it. I, I, I wore it. I picked the number. I knew it was him, and I was happy that I wore it. It's like a kid wearing his, his father's number who's playing. So uh, my grandfather yeah. was that. That was the number for my grandfather when he played in the Negro League baseball. Yeah, well, you know. What was it like uh, transitioning to Duke as a, as a freshman? You know, not just on the court, but the, the campus itself. It's a rather small campus, right, uh, compared to a – well, it's, it's yeah. It's, they have two. They have like two campuses. But you know, listen. All the fanfare. I mean, I was. It was being the number one player, being from Philadelphia. I got a lot of attention. Uh, I was hailed as in so many ways and so, in certain situations. And uh, so when I go to Duke, um, I was hailed as like quote like a messiah type of thing. And I, mm-hmm. I knew how to deal with attention. Uh, Coach Goldenberg and and Mr. William H. Deb Waller uh, schooled me on how to to speak. You know, uh, being able to talk and not say, you know, Mr. Devon, go, you can't be saying, you know, you know, you know, you know, all the time. So he would always get, <laughs> he, he, they, they screwed me on it. And I did a lot of appearances. So going there, I was prepared for it, especially basketball wise. But it was still a big transition. I mean, Duke's is a highly academic school. Right, um, right. And uh, I was prepared for that. You know, I was on the honor roll at West Philadelphia High School. I was, uh, at one time, I was the vice president under, uh, Don Watkins, my teammate, who was a president, who who just passed uh, a couple weeks ago, I want to give honor to him. But uh, I was I was I had a great village. Uh, my mother and 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 father and they they were divorced, so to speak. But they, they I had a great relationship with both of them. Um, and what was so interesting, my grandfather was instrumental. Uh, a lot of people that were uh, in Philadelphia, as you may well know, Philadelphia, Mel Parker. Was instrumental in my Sunny Hill was was major influence. Sunny Hill, if, if you know who Sunny Hill is, you go back. He was on CBS at one time with uh, Brett Musburger, and so mm-hmm. we had we had the Sunny Hill League. 
that was there. So he was very, very instrumental. Hildebrand Pelzer was one of the guys that uh, raised me up. Bill Baggett, Mo Howard. I don't know if you know who Mo Howard is. You know, Mo Howard played at the University of Maryland and then played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, I just, it was just, it was such a different time. And there was no AAU. There was no AAU then at that time. Uh, we had the Hill Baker League, and uh, and that's what molded me and, and, and filled me and, and built me up. And, and I had a spiritual background. My mom was raised in the Pentecostal church, so we had a church in our basement you know, said at one time. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I give pr- a lot of uh, love and credit to my mom, who's, who's departed in 2008, of raising me and doing that and allowing me to be free. The thing is, mm-hmm. they allow me to have expression. And that's what Bill Foster did for me going forward to Duke was allowing me to still have expression because I can, who, who doesn't like attention? <laughs> yeah. What? Well, oh, well, okay. Your friend, uh, Andy Fields. Andy, well, Andrew yeah. Fields. Yeah. Hey, listen, you guys, you guys got to see him. I saw him when he was back in the city. He was a beast. He was a beast. <laughs> and uh, this amazing guy, good, unbelievable player. Um, he, he made other players better around him. That was a good thing, mm-hmm. but he was, he was a beast. And, He was one of the guys from Philly. He's straight up Philly guy. Uh, he, he carried, he represented us wherever he went. And I know he did it down in the Philippines. And uh, yeah. I, I give Andrew's awesome guy. Awesome yeah. guy. Right. Thank you, and thanks for watching, Andrew. You know, I, I had to remind him that you were on the show. And there he is uh, commenting yeah. already. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, he's, he's yeah. watching the show. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. Those are the comments that he's, he's yeah. watching right now. But I also, also, I also saw a comment on Facebook that he said he's going to get knee replacement surgery soon. So good luck with that, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. On your surgery. Uh, good luck, brother. Well. Good luck. Good luck. Hope that all works out. Right. So, so there you are. There you're being grabbed. They had to grab Gene Max. That's how good he was. He had to hold him <laughs> down and, and look at him screaming out. But that says that they are the ACC champs at the time. You were always all conference team for your four years, whether first or second team. You had some great players on that Duke squad. You know, you had James Panarkel, you had Mike Jaminski, who I always thought was a great player. I mean, if you're looking at statistics wise, you know, he's up there as well as, as far as Duke players are concerned. He was averaging 20 and 10. So you had these guys ahead of you. You had some guys a bit. Uh, was Kenny Dennard your bat, or was he was he a lower bat than you? Well, here's when when before I got to Duke, uh, Mike Jaminski uh-huh. and Spinarco were there. They were there a year before I got yeah. there. Uh, Mike, uh, without a doubt, let's give credit where credit is due. He was a big aircraft carrier, uh, an amazing player. Jim Spinarco was the captain, and uh, just a, his, his basketball IQ was just off the chain, off the roof. Just an amazing guy. Uh, we had a unique team, and when I came in. Um, I didn't really know these guys. You know, I didn't know anything about it. All I knew is that Duke was in last place four years in a row. Uh, they had a guy named Tate Armstrong that was there the year okay. before I got there. He was a right. golden player on the Olympic team. Uh, but as far as the team, you know, when I mentioned I was going to Duke, everybody in Philadelphia said, does Duke even have a basketball team? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they thought, they thought something was wrong with me. They really did. You go on to Duke, the team is in last place. They've been horrible. Uh, it was it was crazy, but you know it was it wasn't it wasn't my decision, and I'm I'm saying this for all you for people that are out there looking and listening. It was more it was divine intervention. Um, I I decided my mom. I was able to come back home. My mom. Uh, I told my mom I really don't know where I want to go. All the schools I'm visiting these schools. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. I'm a 17 year old kid. You know they they laying the red carpet out for me. You know NC State was great. Carolina was great to visit. I didn't even visit Notre Dame, Michigan because I was burnt out. UCLA had me. Uh, I would have went to UCLA, um, 
But something, my, I told my mom, I said, really, mom, I really don't know where to go. And she says, listen, you go in your room and I want you to lay down. I want you to pray about it. That's exactly what she said. Mm-hmm. And she closed the door and uh, she locked She locked my door. Had this old skeleton key. We had those kind of doors. And I went in there, I put, I put my music on. I, I was a Barry White guy. I love Barry White, you know, trying to get the lines to talk to the girls kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have the voice for it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm laying down, I close my eyes, and, and I dreamt of wearing a Duke uniform. And I dreamt about traveling, and, and it was like a dream. And uh, next morning I woke up to my and I said, Mom, you know what, you always taught us. She always believed believe in visions and believe when something's speaking in your ear, that was God talking to you. I said, I know where to go. She didn't even ask me where, what, where I chose. She said, let me call the school, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let them know. school said, don't come up, no, because the world wants to know, and we'll set it all up. And uh, I decided to call Julius Thompson, uh, give a guy from the bulletin the scoop, and make this decision and let him know. And then my mom and I, we, Westfield was only four blocks from my house. And um, mm-hmm. we walked up, and I'm walking up here. I'm going to make a man's decision. And I'm scared, you know, because it was it was just a proliferation of, of so much. You know, UCLA, uh, they had me if they wanted me because, you know, I got a chance to go to Hugh Hefner's mansion. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, oh. We should talk about it some other time, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, if they had the letter of intent, uh, listen, I would probably would have signed it right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what a great was, recruiting tool, huh? <laughs> oh my! <laughs> oh, they had me. But anyway, so, <laughs> so, so I'm walking up to school like my mom's taking me to like it's like she's taking me to kindergarten, you know. And I was, I was really scared. And uh, as I'm walking, uh, she's walking next to me and she's proud and I'm walking. We, we didn't want to, we didn't have, we, we, my dad had, my stepdad had the car. Uh, and we're walking and I was scared and she put her hand and I put my hand in her hand and she, she grabbed it and we're walking and I was not afraid anymore. And she says, whatever you're going to do, God's got you. And there's a reason why you're going to do what you're going to do. And I went into the, the, the press conference and I told these people, I says, it's not about what uh, I can do for Duke, it's what Duke can do for me. And I'm going to, I'm definitely going to make them a national power. And I'm going to Duke. And everybody's like, you got to be out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the news report, you got to remember back in those days, reporters got trying to get the scoops. So a lot of news reporters jumped up to go find a phone. That was that kind of era. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They didn't have the cell phones. To let them know this is where he's chosen, and uh, everybody's mouth kind of dropped. They, they, I never, I didn't tell anybody what I was going to uh-huh. do on that. So, uh, but here's the thing: the ironic, the ironic thing of it is that everything that I dreamt about in that dream, people might think is I'm making this up, but no, everything I dreamt about happened my first year. We went all the way to the championship. Right. But right. What was uh, you know, Duke like the, the fandom? Because this was right before. Coach K. Cameron Crazy's uh Yeah, the Cameron Crazy started it started back then. You know, they, oh, okay. they don't they don't really talk about I mean they were they were they were very supportive back before I even got there too. They had they had uh the students were always uh from the seventies on up, but if the it got really the frenzy got crazy when, when I got there. Uh mm-hmm. not saying I created it, but I created the the at least the, the, the enthusiasm to make it like it like it is now and it was so crazy uh you know the the students 
That's a crazy place to play. I'm gonna tell you right now. I am so happy. I'm so happy that I played for them and not against them. Because <laughs> the the crazy the Cameron craze, that the energy was just is so vibrant. Even now, as you see it on TV now, the energy was mm-hmm. something nowhere else. And I fed off that energy. The Tinkerbell thing fed off that energy, and um, it was it was just amazing to play in that stadium. And here's a here's a fact: the Palestra and Cameron Indoor Stadium are the same exact design building. Okay. Same exact design, everything. And the guy that designed the Palestra design Cameron Indoor Stadium, Adelaide. Okay. Okay. So there's a connection. He he went to University of Penn. Uh, He he was with the Tannenbaum group. So I'm giving you a little history that if you, both of those those, um, uh, stadiums were built, were designed by the same guy, and he was a black guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's powerful. And so you were so you were familiar with the environment. I mean, you looked the same. You, yeah, you, I was familiar a little bit with the with the with the stadium. So that was pretty. The the, the inside seating is, is is different, but uh, I was familiar with it. But you know, I I enjoyed it. Um, a lot of attention was placed on me, and and, and I welcomed it. So uh, I wasn't afraid of it. Uh, I took it all in, and and that's how it all started. It was bringing that that spirit to Duke, and here we go. Now we're on. We were on national television. I'm on every magazine. I'm on. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. It was. I, I was used to that being in high school, though. I was used to that being in high school, but uh-huh. this was on another scale, and of uh, course, it just blew up. And uh, but I knew. I kind of knew this. I didn't think it was going to happen. My first year, um, I kind of felt and believed in it. I just really put the faith in God. I mean, God, Jehovah, that uh, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I didn't think about it. Uh-huh. I just. I said, and he and he stood by me. He just stayed. I, I give all honor for my career. Period to God, mm-hmm. Jehovah, for everything He did for me because He He laid out. I just actually did something and listened to God. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't yeah, listen yeah. all the time, but I actually did something. Just listen and just did it. You know, so uh, all praises of everything that happened. We you can see the pictures of the trophy. That was all yeah. God's doing, and and I'm I'm just so grateful and and, and blessings to God for doing that for me. Because you mentioned losing seasons before you came in, and suddenly you're a 20 win team for three seasons in a row. You, yep. you go 27 and seven. You're the, you're the rookie of the year. You're averaging eight, well, almost 18 points, nine boards a game, uh, with with two other All Americans on on that team. So it was great. But it hardly ever happens, Gene. Now it hardly ever happens now that that somebody as good as you were playing stays for four years, mm-hmm. right? Back yeah, then it was, it was normal. It was, it was it was interesting. I I got tempted to well, not I didn't get tempted, but it was little things said out there that. You know, I could have left after my freshman year, and and I could have left after my uh, my junior year uh, before before Coach K came in. Uh, mm-hmm. the, that that part, I, I just played with it. You know, when you go to college, and and the, the atmosphere that I had at Duke, and that the spirit uh, it was it was just so amazing. Why would you leave that? You know, and I'm still mm-hmm. a kid. I mean, I looked at I've never really looked at the NBA until I had to look at the NBA. Um, I I kept that in this spot and kept it in this place and. I had a great time being in Durham and, and, and connecting with the communities and bringing the black community together with 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 Duke. I was I was bringing people from Durham over there. They're going, Gene, you can't you can't uh, uh, they can't bring all these people over here. So <laughs> I was the I was the, the 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 chosen. I guess the chosen one. I had some little bit of clout and power. I knew it, but I didn't flaunt it. But and they realized that these you know black folks, the only people that were coming over to Duke, were people that worked there. And some students, but other than that, it wasn't uh, as far as uh, inc- inclusion and all that. It wasn't. 
and I, I would say I changed it, but it was just my natural bringing people over, and they realized that the, the, the kids, the students tore up Duke more than anybody outside tore Duke up. So um, that, that that's what I'm very I'm very proud of that I was able to bring the Durham community together with Duke as far as because everybody did like NC State and Carolina. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah in your yeah. third year, uh, Gene, nineteen seventy nine, was that right? Yes. Uh, you guys had a skinny recruit named uh, Chip England, right? Yeah, the, the Chipper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was just here a couple of weeks ago with Team USA, and you probably know he also played in the Philippines as a naturalized uh, player. But when you first saw him, what was your you know first impression of him? Uh, a skinny kid from California. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what he was, right? He was a skinny kid from California. They said he was a shooter. And uh, boy, he he could light it up. And uh, mm-hmm. I think if we Chip would have been, he was already an amazing shooter. But if he'd have had the the, the the training that they do now with shooters, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's now taking yeah. that and, and doing a training. Yeah. Uh, right, but right. amazing teammate, awesome guy. I mean, I, I love playing with him, having out there. I wish uh, we we that Bill would have utilized him more better uh, than than they did. Uh, because he hit, he hit a lot of good shots, but you know now he's a, he's considered a specialist, you know right now. Uh, but uh, he, I love the chipper. Chipper's he's he's an amazing guy. I love him. I love him. Great teammate. Great teammate. Yeah, and then when actually his career really took off after you had left Duke, that's when his stats went up. He was scoring in double digits already. He was averaging about five points a game while you were over there. But yeah, he was one of the greats here. People remember him. In fact, when he was in town, he was being mobbed all the time. The Filipinos were trying to get to him. But you know, you know, with US team, it's pretty hard to get near the US team. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's there's a well, whole it's well deserved. Uh, I mean he, he's well deserved. He's he's been with Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs organization for so many years. And mm-hmm. to go on and do that and uh, you know, like I say, he was he was an amazing teammate, uh, and, and also he was connected with the late Tommy Emma, uh was another point guard from from the uh from New York. And those were they were like two little buddies, they were like freaking frack, always keeping people stay doing all kind of crazy little stuff and i love seeing the two of them and we miss tommy emmett to his very uh to his very day and uh but chip was just uh well deserved well deserved awesome guy mm-hmm. and then you mentioned you know because you did play three years under bill Foster, and then mike chashevsky comes in uh, in your senior year you know it's like a transition year for duke and, and i guess for you as well uh how was mike chashevsky uh, as a as a first year coach at duke well, here, here's the thing. We knew nothing about Tom Butters didn't talk to me. Kenny Denard, Kenny Denard and myself, and also Vince Taylor. Uh, that's another great player from Duke. Uh, they didn't tell us or share anything about, ask us nothing. We knew nothing about nothing. Uh, the only thing I knew that was a guy at Iowa named Tom Davis, Dr. Tom Davis, that had some type of interest. But I went home. Uh, it was I think it was spring break. I went home. Kenny went down to Florida to the Keys. He was laying out on a boat out there in, a, in, in wherever, in the Atlantic Ocean. I was home at the home, and we took an extra week to stay home because we didn't know anything about it. Then we come to find out, it's on the news uh, in Philadelphia, Duke has a new coach, Mike, and they couldn't pronounce his name. <laughs> so, yep, yep. And my mom's in the kitchen, she goes, oh, wow. You know, I, I go, yeah, oh, wow. I didn't know nothing about it. So the press conference goes on, and they thought Kenny and I were boycotting the we knew nothing about it. We didn't, you know, they didn't share nothing with us about it. And uh, then coach called us and told us, we want you to come on, come on back. And 
uh, first impression of meeting him, uh, Kenny and I were sitting in his office. He looked so young. You know, he looked so young. And uh, he cracked a joke on us and he broke the ice because he said, you know, he said, you guys been here. And he says, we got to be men. And he said, there's a line that you don't cross. He said, you know, you, you get to a certain level of the line, of course. He said, but the two of you guys have crapped, pissed. You know, it was like an honest lie. So we're going to bring you back. And it was so funny that he said that because it was a joke. But, you know, everybody was spoiling us and, 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 and some things got a little out of control as far as getting some culture. But our culture was fine. But it was just that they just felt that Kenny and I could do everything we wanted to. And he was basically saying, we got to be. <laughs> We got to be accountable being men. And that was that speech alone itself showed what kind of person was. You know, he came from Army and mm -hmm. he, was breaking, he was setting up the thing, the concepts of what it was. And, and he's the one who designed the new jerseys. He changed the jerseys when they were. People, Coach Cadone doesn't get credit for that, but he changed it as the jerseys and he told us, he showed us that he was going to change them. But I was impressed with him. Um, yeah, I, I, I've never fought against uh, any authoritarian as my coach. So I had a lot of respect for him. And he said this to Kenny and I, myself, and Vince. Uh, he said he didn't really know how to coach elite players uh, when he first got there. You know, it was all team and all, but we were elite players. You know, I'm all ACC and this, but we didn't. But we didn't have any recruits come in. We had one guy that they brought in called Doug McNeely. Uh, Doug was a decent player, but we had no other recruits come in. We had no center. We had Mike Tissall, who had been there with us. Tissaw was a, was was I, I, awesome. I loved Tissaw because he knew he was limited, but he gave all he could give, and he was powerful and strong. But uh, he was limited. But we did what we had. We dealt with what we had, and uh, I saw his great coaching ability. He's a great motivator, mm -hmm. great with X's and O's. But he knows how to 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 talk to players and deal with them. But it was his first year, so he was trying to figure it all out. Right, we're right. To, uh -huh. We're going through the transition, trying to you know deal with it. But he would not play his own. You know, we were small, and we would, he would not play his own. And we were confused about that because we're going against guys like Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson seven for three. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Sam Perkins, you know, he's, he's seven feet. So, but we played. He stuck by his principle. He stuck by his concepts. And it made me a better player of getting ready to go into the pros. So I commend uh -huh. him for the time. Yeah. Right, right. And, of course, yeah. you know, we, we know what happened after that. His career really just took off as the years went right. on, right? <laughs> well, yeah. he, he, after I left, he had two or three years that were just, ooh, you know, the mm -hmm. yeah. were trying to get they were trying to get yeah. rid of him. Yeah, yeah. And, um, they, they, they were vicious. They were vicious at him, but he maintained. And he and when I saw him one time, he said to me, he says, Gene, they, they, they just have to stick. I have a plan, and we have to stick by it, and yeah. we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I believed them. You know, I believed them. And they were Arn Dukes calling me. So we got to get rid of this guy. Like, Stop. <laughs> don't call me. I, I don't get involved in that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but okay. uh, he, he, yeah. you, you saw what happened. He yeah. actually went down to the ground to hell and came back. Mm -hmm. And this, you got to right. understand that how yeah. he came up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, all credit also to the school for sticking with him, even though he, Tom he Butters. He had, a couple, of bad, yeah, he had yeah. a couple of bad seasons, right? Uh, you, you already mentioned Sam Perkins, so I wanted to ask you about the other thing about being a Duke player, your rivalry with North Carolina. What was your most memorable Duke Carolina game? Oh, I think the first, my freshman year was probably the most memorable, was not the most memorable one, but it was the first one. When we beat them at our place, Duke hadn't beaten Carolina in like maybe six or seven years. I don't know the, I don't know the dynamics of it or the, the analytics of it, but uh, – and we we were just starting out. We didn't we didn't know how good we were. 
Um, but we were decent. We were starting out. And when we had that game at, uh, at Duke and we played them and we beat them at Duke, that was the signature of letting us know that we were really good. We were really good. Uh, and I saw in, in the weeks leading up to that game, it's just, it's just the anxiety of it with the students, with the people in the community. It's, it's, it's crazy. It was crazy. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like that's one game you cannot lose. You know, that's one game that everybody takes intrigue and, and they felt they were going to beat us because they've been beating them. But we were this was a whole new whole new team, whole new situation. And to win that game, that was one. But the, the most memorable one is the one with Coach K my senior year where I hit the shot and tied the game and hit the shot to win the game uh, in, in overtime. And uh, that was my last game in Cameron. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. okay. memorable! N- nice way to go out there. Who, who were their top players? Who, who were the top uh, Carolina players at the time? James Worthy, Sam mm-hmm. Perkins, yeah, Al Wood. <laughs> yeah. Al Wood. I mean, they were like I think they're like fifth or sixth in the nation. You know, uh, uh-huh. Jimmy Black, Matt Doherty. Matt uh, Doherty, yeah, yeah. They had they had they had a they had a hell of a crew. But we, you know, the thing is, you can just take the the the, the records out the window. And when we played, it, it, it was vicious. A lot of, lot of trash talking, a uh, lot, of, lot of physicality. Lot of physicality. Uh, we didn't really, commu- we didn't connect with each other. I, I never went over there. You know, I went over there. They gave me, I went over there one time and they gave me drama. And uh, I said, I'm not coming over anymore. I can't do it, deal with all this light blue stuff that's happening here. So <laughs> you, you, build up, you build up a dislike. And they had a dislike towards us, especially when they realized right, right. we were here. So, but I got great friends with Phil Ford and Al Wood and, and those mm-hmm. guys. Uh, we're, we're friends to this very day. So there's a lot of respect. That's right. But of course, because of that great career you had uh, against all those great teams, and then you're an All-American putting up all those numbers. The scouts from the NBA now, it's now it's NBA scouts looking at you. And then the, the draft is coming up because you're about to finish your, your career in college. And then eventually you get picked in the second round. The Spurs get you. Um did you know that you were going to get picked by by that team? No, no, no. I was I was projected to go fourth or fifth pick in the draft. You got to remember, we also played the NIT right after the Carolina game. I did have another game. Uh, we 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 went into the NIT tournament, so we had a game against North Carolina A and T. And in this game, I went up to block a shot. I landed and I and I, and I, I broke my wrist, my left wrist in half. I snapped it. Okay. So, uh, yep, <laughs> I snapped it. Uh, oh. Coach K, I wanted to play. Coach K said, "No, you're not going to play." And uh, I get, I get, I have surgery. I broke the navicular bone in my in my wrist. I had surgery, and now I I'm, I got a cast on for three for several months before the draft. So I fell from being maybe a fourth or fifth pick to all the way down to 28th pick. Right. And I'm I'm looking at the draft. I didn't go to New York or nothing like that. I'm, I'm at home. Uh, and uh, some of the teams flew me out to take a look at my. They took the cast off uh, as it as it came near to the draft. I think I, I flew to Indiana, I flew to Cleveland, and I flew to the Lakers. And guess who picked me up at the airport to take me to see the doctor? Pat Riley. Nice. Wow. Okay. Pat Riley was assistant coach with the Lakers. There. Yeah. He right. picked me up and took me there. So they did a they did a scan of my wrist and all. So then when the draft comes up, I'm looking at all these guys I played against in the ACC. That I that I kind of bested and and all these other guys going before me and I was my heart was was broken it was torn mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even think about the fact that my wrist but and then the San Antonio Spurs had the first pick in the second round which was the twenty eighth pick and uh, they picked me up 
and uh, I was my head was down. I was I was sad. But then I got on the phone. Bob Bass got on the phone, and you heard these people cheering in the background. It was like you were at a stadium. And Bob said to me, he says, we are the luckiest team in the draft. We got a first rounder in the second round, and you're going to love playing here. Now, mind you, we had, that's a team called the San Antonio Spurs with the great Georgia Iceman Gervin. That's right. You know, and the Bruce brothers, and uh, mm -hmm. they were just amazing. And that was probably really the best place for me to go. Um, I went there and worked hard and uh, came off the bench. Uh, and uh, then the situation fast-forwarded. Uh, they traded all Mark Oberding to um, yeah. to Chicago, and a spot opened up. I was third on the depth chart. Um, Paul Griffin, Kevin Ustani, and uh, Ed Rains were ahead of me for that final spot. Then we went and got Artis Gilmore. They traded for Artis Gilmore, brought him in from Chicago, yeah. the great Artis Gilmore. Uh, and then Mike Mitchell, who was an all-star with the Cleveland Cavaliers, traded for him, got him. Johnny Moore was right. leading the league in assists. Ice was leading the mm -hmm. league in scoring. And now there's a spot open. I'm not, a, there's, I'm like fourth on the depth chart. But uh, I busted my, I worked hard and I busted my butt because I can play inside and, but I can also run, I can score. And, and uh, I beat these guys out for that spot. And Stan, I remember Stan all back, took me in the locker room, grabs me by my throat and goes, I'm picking, I'm taking a chance on you. And don't you, don't you make me into a liar? Because Mike Mitchell <laughs> and I are both, both six foot seven, six eight. We're both the uh -huh. same height. But right. Artis Gilmore being seven two in the game, and I knew how to play defense. I knew how to do it, so I, I played my role for what it was. And, and uh, you know, when I got that spot, I never let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You put up great numbers. You're playing with a bunch of, of, you know, one of some of the greats in San Antonio history, of course. And George Gervin, one of the best there ever was. There you are in the on the picture on the left. That's Albert King. Yeah, that's how we talked King, about him earlier. There you are. Yeah. He's guarding you. Of course, you got Kareem on the other side. I don't know what he's going to do. Did he block your shot? I, I passed <laughs> it off. I passed uh, yeah, it yeah, off. Yeah, you did the right thing, right? You, you want to get blocked. You got to pass that off when Kareem's in front of you. Yeah, I, I, so I, caught Kareem, I caught Kareem a couple times with dunks. And he looked at Kareem was always just quiet and mean looking. You know, you, you never had <laughs> you never had conversations. But I remember one time he patted me one time on, on, on the back going back. I looked back. He looked at me. He nodded his head. That was enough approval for me, but uh, uh, <laughs> no, he, he appreciated it. But you got to remember that team, they talk about the Lakers were going on to play uh, Boston and all that. We played them in the Western Conference Championship back-to-back. Yep. -back. That's right. You know? So we were one of the top five teams, four or five in back-to-back, in, in -back going down to the wire every year. Iceman was leading the league in scoring. Johnny Moore led the league in assists. Artis Gilmore led the league in field goal percentage. Mike Mitchell was an all-star. I was mm -hmm. fifth in the league in field goal percentage. Um, we had a hell of a team. We were just yeah, so yeah. far south that they didn't show the games. Uh, that was a 53-game uh, winner, 53-29 uh, in that 1982 season. Yeah, we would have won even more except for we started resting guys. I mean, that was that was an amazing year, amazing season. Um, I mean, it was it was. I, I was I, I was so blessed to be a part of that team, and and like I said, you know, God was with me. You know, he 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 stuck. I, I worked my butt off. People don't really they never see me work out, but during the summer times, I, I would take a month off and not do anything when it comes to basketball. But then when I got into it, I did a lot of. Backward training in the fields and the grounds, like like uh, like boot camp type of thing. I know, I, I know you had some teammates. You, you mentioned the Bruce brothers. These guys were physical guys who would, you know, really bump you and all of that. But who was the 
who was the first NBA veteran when you were a rookie who who kind of you know tried to test you with some physicality? Huh. Holy crap, Maurice Luke, Maurice Maurice Lucas, Maurice Lucas. Oh, from Portland. Uh, yep, <laughs> Lottie uh -huh. Shelton from the Seattle SuperStars. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Man, listen, and I'm not. I wasn't six ten. Six. I had to bang with them guys down there, man. Uh, <laughs> you know. <it> was <laughs> They, they'll look at you, and they would they can scare you by looking at you. You know that's how <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maurice Lucas, yeah, for sure. Oh, and Lonnie Sheldon's so big, so wide. But uh -huh. you, you have to when you're down there, you have to make a decision. You're either going to be in here and you're going to bang, or you don't go down in there. You're going to get your jaw cracked. You're going to get your you're going to get beat up. But you, if you're down there, you bang. So I, I see. I got trained by playing up in Philadelphia. With you know guys back in Philly, uh, the old heads they trained me. You know T Shields, Claw Gross. You know those guys. You know they used to bang and 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 and, and go at it. Gilbert Saunders. Uh, they taught me how to take that physicality and use it to my advantage. And once the ball went up and I banged, I ran like a deer. And they couldn't catch. They couldn't <laughs> stay up with me. If you watch uh, the forty-four point game, and then if you watch when I was with the Bulls, I can bang and hang. Uh, play mm -hmm. defense, yeah. but then when the ball went up, I took off, and that was that was tough for them to keep up with that. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I was just wondering, uh, what was it like uh, being a teammate of the great Iceman, George oh, Gervin? Just how amazing. good was he I am the luckiest guy. I'm one of the luckiest NBA players in the world. I got to play against, play with a teammate, George Iceman Gervin. It was like, I mean, it was, he, we sold out arenas because they wanted to see the Iceman score and play like he yeah. played. He, he made it look so easy, so effortlessly. Uh, and he was and he, he was a he was a brother to me. Ice wasn't a lot of he didn't have a lot of words, but when he said things to me, uh it made it, it always hit he said the right things when I need to, to, to need to say to me. And the wonderful thing about it was he he took me in like a brother. I mean he really took me in like a little brother. Before I scored the 44 points, I went to his room. And Ice always has an entourage. When he comes, I mean, it's an entourage throughout the place. And he put everybody out. And I said, Ice, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so Stan is always yelling and da 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 da. He's always on me. And he says, Yo, young fellow, when you was in high school with the Speed Boys, what did you do? You score. He said, When you was at Duke, you led the ACC in scoring. What did you do? You score. So he said, In the NBA, that's what you got to do. You score. He said, My best defense is my offense. And I'm, yep. and I'm sitting there, he's giving me, I'm at the edge of his bed, and he's sitting up there giving me his arm. So, so what are you going to do tomorrow? You're going to score. <laughs> and I go yeah, out yeah. the next day, just just him taking that little bit, that time like he did, I go out the next day, I'm scoring 44 points, my career high against uh -huh. the Lakers. This, he, said, let it free. he said, let it free. Let it be flow. Play your game and let it flow, and don't be afraid to do what you do. And mm -hmm. that's what happened. He he was the reason why I scored pretty much that forty-four point game. I could have had fifty, but uh, uh -huh. it was it was I was on fire. That was a yeah. great. That's a great anecdote, huh? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I can actually imagine George Gervin saying that because we we've, we've seen interviews. We know how he talks and all oh, yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's got a unique way of he says words. You know that. And, uh -huh. you, you just, and then I get traded to Chicago, and I get I play against one of the greatest players of all time. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I th yeah. I think we have a photo. What's the next photo? Yeah, what's What's the next photo for this set? Of uh, the greatest of all time. There it is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, this is. You were, yeah, you're playing against him. Yeah. You're playing against him, of course. Yeah. How How this is so the, uh, ironic of this picture? 
because the year before, the year before yeah. I go to get traded to them, I gotta guard them. I'm a power uh-huh. forward. Nobody else wanted to guard. Him. <laughs> yeah, this is his he was that good already. Yeah, that was his like rookie, rookie year. year. Yeah. So they said, Gino, you you play good defense. You're gonna play him. I go, okay, whatever, you know. And uh, man, he, he gave me headaches. But you know, I I, I physical with him. But uh, it, it was to, to, to see that photo and to play against him. And then the following year, I'm on the same team with him. That's it's it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> And of course, you wanted to stop him. Aside from the fact he was a damn great player, he's also from North Carolina. So you wanted to, yeah. you wanted as a Duke guy, you wanted to stop this guy. Well, I, I, sure. I, didn't, I didn't get caught up in. The, he was more caught up with the Duke <laughs> Carolina stuff. He, you know, he was he, he was really weird with that. I, I didn't get too caught up in it too much, but uh, I had enough to worry about the fact that I had to guard him. And you know, he was he was quick. I knew how to play defense, but he's quick. He he had he had a lot of arsenal things. And here I am. I'm like. Why don't you have this other? You know, you got guards. I'm the forward. I'm not supposed to be guarding. But I, I never <laughs> yeah. questioned guarding anybody. But uh, it was it was a long night. It was. <laughs> it was <laughs> okay, can you tell us too? Like he didn't score thirty. He didn't. He didn't destroy him and dunk on me. But uh, it was a it was a long night. <laughs> yeah, but by that by this time you're in the league about four years. So by so you know more or less who are the guys yeah. that gave you the the toughest times. Like when you you know you'd be facing this guy, you're like, oh come on, it's gonna be a tough day today. Bottom line, Bernard King. Mm. Bernard yeah, King one of my was, favorites. One of my favorites, yeah. Bernard King was, I mean, I, I, he scored 50 on me. Uh, I've had that happen to me three times. Kiki Vanderway scored 50 on me one mm-hmm. time. <clears throat> and uh, Purvis Short scored 57. Uh-huh. uh-huh, yeah, yep. Oh, so that was against you, okay. <laughs> that yeah, was his career, well, right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We, we were a fast-paced team. I was pretty much... The one when 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 Purvis scored those points, nobody was giving me help. Okay, so uh, they cracked jokes on me. So Purvis Short is going to come back the following week to play us, and all through practice, I was I was pissed off. I was like, "You guys don't help out." I mean, this guy is scoring. I know I'll, he didn't score all that on me, but you guys, I said that's okay. Watch to see what happens this time. I studied film. I worked out. Getting ready for Purvis. Purvis comes back. He plays us in San Antonio. I made sure he scored six points. Okay? Boom. I get lax. We got Kiki Vanderway with Denver Nuggets. They had Alex Ingles, Dan Issel, and Kiki Vanderway and Fats Lieber. They ran that flex offense all game. Kiki scores 50 points on me in Denver. And I'm going, oh, Lord, have mercy. And the guys are cracking jokes against us. This is not funny. We're supposed to be a good defensive team. Well, we're supposed to be helping be defensive team. I said, okay, I got y'all. I was not helping nobody out. When Kiki went to take a go to the bathroom, I was standing right outside the bathroom. <laughs> we finished with seven points that game. Okay? Now, I get my atonement on both of those guys. Bernard comes in. The night before, he, he's in Dallas. He scores 50 points against the Mavericks. Okay, yeah. Friday yeah, night. Yeah. He's the first guy I've ever seen his back-to-back 50 points. Back-to-back, right, to San right, Antonio. Right. I got Bernard King. Didn't really – didn't. I, I've seen him play and so forth, but I never got a chance to play against him. Super quick, fast release, runs the fast, runs the break better than anybody in the league wide. Um, he is serving – I mean, I'm even just missing blocking his shot, but he was just amazing the things he could do. I couldn't do – he was the one guy I couldn't do anything with defensively. And his, and his game face, right? When he, he had a game, game face, uh-huh. wouldn't speak, wouldn't say nothing to you. He had a game face. 
and that that automatically almost almost kind of intimidates you like he's not even smiling and nothing. I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights. I, figured, <laughs> I didn't know he was going to score like that, but I never got the chance to, what I wanted more than anything else, to have a chance to play him again. So I you know, watch more film on him. I know I played against him and then I would have that, that, that atonement to go back at him, but we only played them twice a year. So um, I didn't get a chance to, to yeah. redeem myself with Bernard King, but he was, he was, he was the best. Him and, and Bird gave me, uh, it was, it was tough. You know, Bird and Bird is all six nine. He's big. Yeah. He's big yeah. And, he, and he talks and, and but he's good. <laughs> but Bird and Bird and, and King were, were the two toughest for me. Did did Larry Bird ever tell you that he was gonna do this and then go oh, yeah. exactly? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you know, oh. you never see him, you never see him talking. The thing is what you find, you never see him like yapping, yapping like on film, but he does it under his breath when you're walking, when you're running down a court with him, and he goes. You see, you see this next play. I'm gonna come off that pick and be in the corner. I'm gonna bust your ass, shot you in your face. And you and, and you're running. You're going like this guy's actually saying this to me. You know, so you get all hyped up. You know, oh, yeah, I'm gonna stop him. He comes off a pitch, a pick from Paris. He comes off a pick from McHale. I'm trying to get through these guys because they got the illegal hip picks. I finally get out, and he catches the ball. He's at the. He catches it. I'm trying to get through the pick from McHale. He waits. <laughs> he, waves, he waves me over it, and I fly out there. He shoots it, bam! He goes down the court. He says, "I told you that, bitch." I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my go. god!" But I, but I got him. I got him one time. Where I timed. Uh, then him and Dennis Johnson had a good. He'll pop out in the wing, and I kept. I kept timing this. Watched the film. Kept timing. I finally timed it, and I stole the ball. And he's coming back to me. I'm going down the other end, and I dunk it in the garden. I grab the ball out the net, and I he's, he's he's still coming towards me, and I stuff it in the stomach, and I got him back. I said, "Take that!" I never called anybody. I said, "Take that." Do you know when I did that? The rest of the game, the Boston Garden. Every time I touched touched the ball, they booed me. That is not a feeling you should ever have in a game. It just to make a pass, they booed me, and it was crazy. I I, I was flustered, you know. But I got him back, so I'm 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 good. I'm yeah, good. I love it. I love yeah. that story. I love that yeah, story. Sid, Sid, but just to let you know, Gene, Sid's a big Celtic and Larry Bird fan, so he's, yes. he's thrilled at that story for sure. I like it too because yeah. Larry Bird, you know, I, much respect for that guy, even if he is a Celtic. I'm a Laker fan. Well, so anyway, I, I think I'm uh, the one guy that held him to his lowest score. I think he had seven or something like that. And it oh wasn't, wow! Okay. And and and, and the, the the news people go, oh, "Did Gene Banks hold you back?" And da Larry Bird goes. Jeez, please come on. I was wasn't feeling this way, and it's not that important. He says, but then he goes, I'm at, I'm on the bed watching TV the news, and he goes looking at the camera and says, Be here tomorrow. Let's see what Gene Banks does tomorrow. And I'm going, I'm like, oh my God, that's all I need. <laughs> that's all I need. <laughs> you know, that's all I need for him, you know, because he, he's in the gym shooting baskets. Like before the lights come on, we're coming in to come into the, he's out there on the court, a la Kobe Bryant type of thing, you know. Uh -huh. Uh, and I'm going, oh my God. I, 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 didn't, I did not sleep well at all that night. You know, I just did not. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was crazy. So there's your Larry Bird story. Sid's still smiling. Okay, yeah. take a short break just to remind everybody we are part of the Globally Balling Network. And you can watch and listen to us on Spotify. And if you do, if you enjoy our show, give us some love. Rate us with a five star rating on Spotify, please. And you can become our monthly supporter with the four nine four dollars ninety nine cents or two hundred fifty pesos a month 
on Spotify, and we will recognize you in our future episodes, and we will love you and adore you forever if you help us out on that. And then like and follow the Globally Balling Southeast Asia Facebook page for uh, snippets of all the shows on the Globally Balling Network. And, uh, well, you know, back to Time Capsule, which is brought to us by Fitbit. We're reminding everyone it helps everyone in the world get healthier from counting your steps to giving personalized insights on your heart rate and sleep patterns. Log your exercise, access great tools and content on the Fitbit Premium, all on the Fitbit platform. So check out the line of products of Fitbit on Fitbit.com. Feel the power. We continue our Time Capsule with our next photo. And now here you go. You guys are now teammates. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 and, and the funniest thing is that um, my wife and I, Isabel, my, my late wife, who I, who I'm, I miss so much, uh, and a great, she's still with us with my legacy of my kids. Um, we were in China and um, we were over there with Dr. J, Leon Douglas, Terry Tyler. We were doing a, a federation, fellowship of Christian athletes tour, uh, helping with some clinics. And we're looking at we're looking at the TV in in this in this restaurant area there, and they go Stan Allback gets the job for the Chicago Bulls, and <laughs> and I, I was really like, oh, that's great because he went to New Jersey and did really well. And then he says, and also the first transaction that happened was Gene Banks. They traded for Gene Banks for San Antonio for Steve. Uh, they they traded Steve Johnson and two uh, uh, two second round draft picks for Gene Banks, and I was going like. My wife and I looked at each other like, what? No one told my agent. No one told us anything. We're in China. We're where nobody calls us and tells us nothing. This is this, this is the world. So yeah. I wound up getting traded to Chicago. Uh, we go up there and move in, and they have David Greenwood. They have um, uh, Quentin Daly, Orlando Woolridge, Rod Higgins, uh, Dave Corzine. They had a peripheral guys. And which which staying cleaned out, and uh, here I am. I'm I'm with the Michael. It's the second year, and this is when he's really developing the shoes and the black. The, the this is the second year he's got the red and black shoe. And, uh, it was amazing, and and he and I were very very close. Uh, not close like how him and Rod Higgins were. They were like brothers, and that was the year we we drafted Charles Oakley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, when Oakley comes in. He's under he's under my wing, and and he's he's like a brother to me. And he was raw just like he was. Like he played, he came from Virginia Union, HBCU school, great product. And uh Charles and I, we're we're best buddies and uh we 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 connected together and you know a lot of things happened and Orlando got into some problems and they shipped out the guys that were doing the problems and so forth. And uh Michael yeah. broke his foot that year. Yeah, right. I was about to say, yeah. Uh and and Stan went and got the Iceman, brought the Iceman to Chicago. Right, that's right. Uh, and then also brought John Paxson. John Paxson mm-hmm. played with us in San yeah. Antonio. That's right. So, uh-huh. Yep, John Paxson comes in Orlando. A lot of your Spurs teammates came over yeah. to Chicago, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Krause uh, sat and talked with me and Ice. He was going to try to make the deal, and it was. He said, "We're going to go on your opinion. What do you think about John Paxson?" And uh, they were just saying, you know, uh, Ice was saying he's, he he can ball. I said, "No, he's he'd be great for us. He'd be this da da da." He says, well, I'm going to I'm going to go with you. Uh, I'm going to listen to you and 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 understand that. Okay, I'm going to make this deal. And he bought John. So uh, yeah, and that's how John Paxson comes. So now I got Ice and and and, uh, and John with me. I got a picture that I have in my office of the three of us coming off the court together after a game. And uh, uh, John is a great guy to me to this very day. We still we still stay in touch. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have a comment here from one of uh, our viewers. 
yeah, he, he points out you were actually teammates with three former PBA imports. Okay, there. Uh, with the Spurs, yeah, you were teammates with David Thirdkill. Then, yep, uh, David, yep, David Thirdkill. Michael mm -hmm. Holden, love Michael Holden. Yeah. And, uh, and and definitely love, loves me some Steve Coulter. Yeah. Love and then I think there was another. There's another guy. I think Perry Young was your teammate too for a bit, right? Yeah, for a bit. Yeah, guys were coming. Perry Young. Here. He all he played here too. Perry Young. Really? Uh -huh. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah. Good dude, man. These, these guys were Mike, Michael Holden. These guys are good. They were. They were. They were awesome. There's some yeah. awesome. There's some really awesome guys with a good heart and good people that people don't even remember. Uh, that were just amazing. Uh, that I had a chance to play with and play alongside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, third kill won a uh, championship here. 87, I think. Holton came over, I think, in 86. So, yeah. yeah, and he made it to the finals, but he lost in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Over yeah. here. So, and then Cole. Yeah, he, he was, he was big talk. There was big talk when Michael Holton came mm -hmm. in because they yes. said, this, this guy guards uh, Michael Jordan in practice. So, what, that, that was the hype when he came yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he 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 did. Yep, he had to guard Michael. He he wasn't afraid of Michael. You know that was that was a good thing about it. Michael, Michael's a, what makes Michael so great uh, was his practice. When he came into practice, he would he would not cross the line. He talking jabber jabber jab. Once he crossed the line, it was all business, and he would go at it. And and we beat him up. I mean, Oakley and myself, we rough him up, beat him up, all that, and uh, he he. We saw some things that you didn't even see in games. I mean, he did some dunks. He said, I, I said, could you do that again? He didn't even know. He said, I don't know if I can do that again. Um, practices, <laughs> yeah, were, yeah. practices were so amazing at the time, but we didn't have a big, we didn't have a deep bench. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, Michael had his own ways about him. I mean, I know you saw the last dance. He talked about the guys, that, but that was his rookie year when he was talking about all those guys doing the drugs. We didn't have that problem uh, the second when, my, when I got there. And there was a couple of guys that did do it, like Orlando, Oh, uh, yeah. and Quentin Suspended. got shipped Quentin, out. Yeah. yeah, they got shipped out. Right, right. I wanted to get in the, the starting spot and uh, didn't let it go. <laughs> I, I, I have to mention this because, uh, you know, when I saw that Gene Banks might be on our show and all of that, I just remember on uh, the days of Betamax, remember? We had Betamax yeah. tapes. <laughs> I, I had a couple of, I had a couple of Betamax, I got a couple of Betamax tapes, and one of them was a Chicago Bulls versus the New York Knicks game, and you were there. That's why I know who you are because. We wouldn't get live feeds at nope. back then in the early '80s, mid '80s. We wouldn't have live feeds of the NBA. Oh my so god! We'd have, to, we'd have to, yeah, we had to rent, we had to rent Betamax tapes. And yeah. so that's one of the games I had, and I don't think I ever returned it to the Betamax shop. I had it, with me, <laughs> you know, till till whatever. And I would watch that game again and again. That's why I knew who Gene Banks was and what he could do. And you played very well in that game, aside from all the other guys, uh, you know. So. So just that's just a story I had to say because I had to mention Betamax. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I had to adjust and do a lot of things. And my thing was for those teams to um, to make sure I did all the, the the dirty work, the intangibles, and so forth. Right, and, right. And 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 I think I did well in that. Uh, I could have shot more uh, uh, if. But I, I didn't want to force it. But then, if I got mad or anything and, and, and do some certain situations, I, I would do that. But I, everything was in the framework of the team and, and, and the structure, and that's how I played. And I just and I, and because of playing with Philip Andrew, Andrew would tell you, um, you had to play hard. You know, you got there, mm -hmm. you had to, you had the ball because guys would mm -hmm. bust you up. And then if you didn't play well, you you were sitting on the side and you never got a chance to get in there. So. I got I got groomed and, and raised by guys like Andrew Fields and Gilbert Saunders and Tim Smith and all those guys that came up and played against and uh, 
uh, they that helped me that carried me through even from to definitely Duke, but also in the NBA. No, but that's this is what always puzzled me, Gene. So you were having a pretty good career, averaging double digits, uh, playing well for the Bulls. What happened after 1985? Was that or was it 86? Where you were out of the league? I had a, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Oh, okay. okay. Ruptured my I was playing the, the Berkeley All Star game we have every year, and I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Came back and uh, you know Jerry. That's when the Bulls and I we we soured on some things. Doug Collins was the coach. Uh, right. Doug was really uh, I will just say this and, and and move on. He was not very supportive. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he really calls uh, behind. He did it quietly, but uh, I'm not. I'm not bitter or angry about it. And uh, but he, he was. He, he was. He was. He was more of Achilles' heel than my Achilles' heel. Uh, uh -huh. me. Uh, so I ruptured my Achilles, and uh, you know they they stopped the Baker League because uh, the Bulls were going to. They were going to find me my salary for that year for playing in a game that was not sanctioned. Uh, uh -huh. And that was that was not true. Um, it was a lot of things that happened during that time. Even the game uh, at that time was not even insured. But uh, and I've learned I've learned a lot about what has happened and what has transpired through all that time and uh, through my demise. I had to go through that. Um, but uh, you know, I've I've had some highs. I've had some lows. The one thing I learned more than anything else was that I always not so much. I always got back up, but I never never thought that I was not going to play again. You know, um, with the Achilles heel, I felt I was just going to heal up, and uh, luckily it didn't roll all the way up. So then I wound up playing overseas, and that was a great experience as well. Right, right. Let's yeah, look at the next photo, Carly. Yeah. yeah, I think it's about yeah the overseas uh, stints. Oh, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah that's Italy. That's that's when you were uh, with Arimo. Yeah, I was in Italy. I was in Italy. That was uh, I was coming back from my Achilles, my Achilles uh, tendon, and uh, before that, you know, I, I played. Uh, uh, no, when I went there, and Artis Gilmore was on that team. Our agents, we had the right. same agent. Our agent right. uh, put together uh, a, a package for us to go over and play a Remo Bologna. Uh, it was my first time coming back playing, and I was okay. I was I was good as far as uh, my my. It was the rehabilitation and so forth, but I played good enough, decent enough. But uh, I didn't I didn't finish the whole season. I came on back home. And then wound up uh, spitting out a year. Then uh, going to play in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Now that mm -hmm. was a team that was in the CBA. Mm -hmm. That was an experience, which was yeah. awesome, great, crazy. The whole nine yards because I played with great guys like Leo Routens, Billy mm -hmm. Martin, Tony White, uh, Andre Turner, uh, geez, Richie Johnson. I mean, Lancaster Gordon. Uh, uh -huh. Riley, I mean, there was there was a that team, and we, they were coached by Flip Saunders, the, the late the late Flip Saunders. Yeah. We won a championship that year, yeah. so uh, we lacrosse in in like six feet of snow. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're getting like five hundred dollars a week if we're getting that much. You know, it was it was, it was an I, I never said I would ever. You can never say never. So, were you were you were you paid on time? Because there yeah, were stories yeah. about, about the salaries check, being held. Then if the checks bounce, because no, we cap, had the catbirds, the catbirds were pretty solid. You know, we had, okay. We, okay. Had, we, we, we had the hotel was right next to the arena, and, and they were solid with their payment. And Flip was Flip was awesome. His son Ryan was a little kid. Now Ryan uh, was also with me. The, the 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 funny thing is, I come back years later, and 
I know I might be jumping ahead, but I'm assistant coach in the NBA with with the uh -huh. Washington Wizards, and Flip right. Side is the coach. He brings me in as his coach. Uh -huh, his, uh -huh. his son Ryan is is on the coaching staff, and we knew each other from way back twenty something years before that. So every year, Pats meet with these people. You never know who you're going to meet again. Like Stan Albeck's with you in San Antonio, so he's yep. with the Bulls, yep. and then you know all, all these teammates, Corzine and all these guys. You're playing with them here. You're playing in another place. And then, then, but then you find yourself abroad. So, but but you became a legend uh, in in Israel for a it's couple been of years. I, you I, there. You, it's, it's been crazy. I mean, it, I just I, I enjoyed playing. I had to work, you know, I had to pay bills and stuff, and I had a family. So, uh, one of, I played in uh, played in France in Montpellier, France, and I left the lacrosse, the lacrosse Catbirds. Uh, we had one more game left to win the championship, so I wound up going to Montpellier, France, to help them stay up in the barrage. They played in this barrage tournament. And I wound up going there and playing, kept them up. And we had contract disputes. So I wound up going over to Israel uh, because I had to, it was a, it's a long story about that, how I wound up in Israel. But I wound up going to a team called Maccabi Rishon. And they had just come mm -hmm. up from second division. And uh, they had a kid named Andre Spencer, if you see the picture mm -hmm. of him. He was like a Michael Jordan type of player. Amazing. Sorry to say that Andre uh, passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he, you know, he had the, he had a situation with his diabetes thing, uh, but he was an amazing Michael Jordan type player. This team was, we were projected to finish 12th, but we wound up going to the championship, just like Duke. It was almost just like mm -hmm. Duke. It was a Cinderella year. Uh, the guy that's number 15, that was Corky Nelson. Corky got hurt. He was our center. So I wound up playing a lot of the center spots. It was, mm -hmm. it was like Magic Johnson when he played against the 76ers playing the center position, uh, uh, winning the championship. And that's why I played in that way. But uh, my experience in Israel was amazing. It was it was amazing. And the people there, I was kind of scared at first uh, because the guys walk around with, with uh, rifles and guns and stuff. But uh -huh. you, you get comfortable with it because, you know, you're safe. You know, you're safe and uh uh, became a legend in Israel. You know? uh -huh. Yeah, so, you you were named the best player ever for Maccabi Rishon. That's what, that's that was what a, I that was a, that was a high, unbelievable because they've had some awesome <laughs> players there. They've had some awesome players, but you know, it was just playing. Uh, and, and my game is always about making sure everybody else is involved, uh, getting everybody involved, uh, bringing the best out of other players, and uh, that's that's what it is. That's I guess my strength is not like I got to score a lot of points. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about that. It's about winning. You know, especially mm -hmm. overseas, yeah. you you got to win. You can have 30 points a game. You lose, they're going to get you out of there. So mm -hmm. it's it, my philosophy and thinking and always about winning and what it takes to win. If it means going into the stands, it means getting bloodied up. That was what it was all about is trying is just winning the game. I'm, I'm curious, what were your numbers like uh, when you were playing in Israel? How many points a game rebound? Uh, I think it was like 23, 24. Uh, something like that, but you know, mm -hmm. it was it was not just the numbers of scoring, but it was also the rebounding and assists. Right, you know, right. I, I had high numbers in assists, uh, and 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 rebounds. So it was, I always like, I always believe in this playing a, a complete game uh, mm -hmm. as best way I can, and that's what I did. I could dribble so I could bring the ball up. I knew how to bring the ball back out and let the play run instead of just. It was never so much about me myself, unless you got cracked in the jaw and got pissed off, but. It was always about whatever I did was best for the team for us to win the game. When did you hang up your sneakers? When did you finally decide it's time to stop playing professional ball? Mm, 
I was trying, you know, I've, I've only signed every time I went overseas, I only signed one year, one year contracts. I was always trying to mm -hmm. stop playing. Uh, and then, you know, I twisted my knee a little bit in Israel and I wanted uh, healing and going down to Argentina. I played in Argentina league. Mm, okay. uh, I, I saw Mano Ginobili as a junior playing mm. when I was in Argentina. So uh, mm. I played for a team called in Veneta Tuerta uh, called Olympia. And, uh, and I shifted from being a big man to, I played the sec the, the two guard. Well, it's crazy though. You mentioned Manu Ginobili, but I, I was about, I was, I wanted to comment earlier when uh, the photo of you in a Spurs jersey was shown. Uh, you and Manu actually shared the same number for the Spurs. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh -huh, <laughs> but, uh -huh. Yeah. It went number 20 and it turns out you, you met him before he became Manu Ginobili. Right? Yeah, we had we, we had a, we had a game in in in, in one of the, I came in it was a junior game, and it, this young kid Manu Ginobili was playing. I remember that, and uh, he was he was playing, he was balling. He doesn't remember it, and I just made just got down for the team, and they, these junior kids were playing before us. The fans we, we were just coming in before we get dressed, and we're watching junior kids play, and everybody says that guy that kid's really good. And I went over to him. He went over to me. We shook we shook each other's hand. He didn't know me. I just heard who he was, kind of the, the just junior kid. And that's mm -hmm. the first time we met. And we we've never had a chance to talk about that ever. You know, mm -hmm. that, I remember that so so distinctly. Yeah, and then he became a great another yeah. world world uh, a guy who played so well in the world stage, not just in the NBA. For sure, for so, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice amazing. lefty and jumper. Yeah, that guy was really good. And the, so, so you finally, you, you retired from, from playing professional basketball, Gene. I know yeah. eventually you, you mentioned that you became an assistant coach for the Wizards. But what did you do in between before you became an assistant coach? Ooh, I was, you know, uh, I had to deal with some things. You know, the one one of the things I had to deal with, my wife passed away in 97. Uh -huh. So that yeah. was that was a very difficult time for us. Uh, it changed our whole life and our whole world. She, she died from multiple sclerosis. Uh, okay. And we had, that. That. we had to deal with that for a couple of years. We had the kids and so forth. And that was a very difficult time for me and for all of us uh, dealing with that. But then I went on I went on because I wasn't doing basketball pretty much. Uh, I went on to create a magazine, a sports magazine. Mm -hmm. I went on to become the athletic director at a, at a, at a college, uh, Bennett College. Uh, I did a proliferate of things that were... Uh, you know, I, I had to work. You know, I had to work mm -hmm. to keep things going. But I was really much uh, a Mr. Mom for like a year and a half, two years. Uh, my mother-in-law was was awesome in, in helping with that and uh, supporting that and making sure we get up and the kids go to school and, and have breakfast and uh, be there, standing with my cup of coffee when they got off the school bus, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of loved it. But I, I didn't really miss basketball. Um, but it was just a thing where – when you when things like that happen, you just follow suit and do what you have to do. And uh, mm -hmm. I was being Mr. Mom at the time, <laughs> so uh, and things were things were rough, hard at times. But we never gave up hope, never gave up faith. Uh, so many people I have to thank for being supportive of me during that time. And and before you know, it, I just never gave up, never yeah. uh, doubted it. And uh, then the, the the assistant coach with the uh, Wizards come up, and that's another story in itself. And that mm -hmm. was you know. I think that was God's way of rewarding me for staying, staying strong and staying patent. And uh, I promised my wife I would take care of her mother and did that. So I think that was God's reward back to me to uh, for trying to do and doing the right thing. 
Mm-hmm. So you're your assistant coach. You're back into the thick of things in the NBA, and then I'm sure that that kind of pumped you up, you know. But but you there was a player in, with the Wizards at the time, uh, and I don't know if you know because he he became a superstar for the Philippines, played for the Philippine national team for a few seasons. His name's Andre Blatch. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. He played he played with under you, and and you you met him. Can you can you talk about Andre Blatch? Because you know he he became like a legend here. He brought us to the World Cup in 2014. Won a game there and then uh, played for the next. He was, few he was one of my. He was one of my projects. Uh-huh. Flip, flip, flip said, "You got to, you got to take, you, you got to watch Javale McGee, mm-hmm. uh, Shaggy P. That's Nick Young, Shaggy P. Yeah. And, and and Andre Blast. I, I called them the Three Stooges because they just did crazy <laughs> stuff all the time. They just uh-huh. they wore me out. <laughs> they they. But there was those are my projects, and let me just tell you about Andre Blatch. Andre Blatch, um, if once he if he dedicated himself, which he did at times, but not consistently, mm-hmm. Andre Blatch could have been one of the best forwards, power forwards in the league. I agree. He was so talented. I mean, he was just. I mean, he, the kid was just amazing. Um, and when he gets going and gets flowing, he was hard to stop. He was. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a joy. He was a joy player that. The only thing I get I regret about him and get angry about him is that he didn't really just dedicate himself to the game completely. You know, he he played and he played good. Then all of a sudden, he he has this other part of himself that he wants to enjoy life. But um, mm-hmm. if he ever did, if he if he had just completely dedicated himself to the game, uh, it would have been boring. But he would have been the best player in NBA history. One of the best players you know- in NBA history. Easy. I think uh, we we agree totally, and that is the Andre Blatch that we know. <laughs> you know, he would be great at times, and we would go nuts cheering for him. And then other times, we're like, "What's going on with Andre Blatch today?" You know, he's not yep. playing the same way he's supposed to be playing. Yeah, but, yep, that's that yeah. was Andre. <laughs> that was Andre. <laughs> yep, yeah, that so, was. But so we did, we did, we yeah, we got a chance to meet him. He would hang out here uh, in in Manila, watch the pro the pro league. He'd be sitting on the sidelines. A lot of his teammates would be playing in their respective clubs and all of that. So, yeah. So he was he was with the Philippine team for for many years. Loved the guy. I was I was, I was like somewhat like an uncle to him, and uh, his family's uh, knew his aunt uh, Leslie Rosier and uh, loved her to death. And it's just awesome person. Um, they he, he just he was that one. He was that enigma of a guy. He's saying, man, what if he just. Completely dedicate himself. Yep, yep. Yeah. He had. I mean, he 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 gave Kevin Garnett fits. You know, there were guys that go against him. He just you, you look at him and and you just want to. There were games I was amazed at him, but I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the way it goes. You know, and it's it doesn't work out the, the way we want it to all the time. But that's yeah. it. Anything to add? No, no. no just I want to uh, just ask about this photo. This is a great yeah. photo of you and Coach K and Allah Abdel Nabi. Yeah, that <laughs> we we took that photo. Coach K has a fantasy camp he has every year in, in late May, and all the guys come back. Uh, all the Duke players come back, and we coach these guys that these men, guys like you guys, you know, you got a lot of money, you got fifteen to twenty grand, come and 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 be in this camp. It's like a fantasy camp, and we come down and we do that every year, which is amazing. And the guy that's behind Coach K, that's uh-huh. Coach K's favorite uh, uh, boyhood friend. From from grade school, Mo. Okay. Mo Mo comes down, and hangs with him sometime. That's Coach K's great best friend from back in when they were in grade school, and that's Ala Alanabi. 
You know, he mm-hmm. Allah does the uh, color commentating for the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. So yeah, right. uh, we're, we're brothers. And and, K, and K, Coach is, like, real laid back during the fantasy camp. And that was a great photo because we we, were, we all had fun and laughed and joked with each other. And Because uh, he's he's the man now. He's he's He is it. <laughs> yeah. He's the pharaoh. So uh, we, have a, we, have a, we have a good relationship. I, I respect him. The one thing about Coach K that I like more than anything else uh, that I've had a great respect for is his family. He has a great love mm-hmm. of family. Uh, yeah. You can say all the X's and O's, but when you've been around him in Seattle, he's had with the family. His daughters were eight or nine years old when he came there, and uh, we—I still do things for Duke, the Duke Business School, with the CEO uh-huh. with coach. Um, and um, he was—he's awesome when it comes to his family, and and uh, he's all—he's always been awesome with me, with my girls and my kids. Um, he was—he would stop doing what he's doing, and that means a lot for him to get up and stop and hug my daughters knowing uh that they lost their mother and, and 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 seeing them grow up when he does that 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 you don't have no idea what that does for the respect i have for him when he shows that love to them every single time even today yeah yeah so great. just, just a great guy yeah yeah i'm yes. just curious yeah what year is this uh photo this would have to be i would say maybe five four four five about four or five years ago okay. wow yeah, oh, this, because yeah, Coach K looks like yep. he's still in his 30s here. <laughs> yeah, it was, about, it was. I think it was about. It was about five, about five or six, five or six years ago. Yeah, that was about that okay. time. Because now, all of a sudden, this stuff here is. It was all black. Now, one night, all this stuff turned gray and silver. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm going through that right now. we're going through that as well now. That's it. Oh my God, it's it's yeah. unbelievable. But how are you? How are you involved with basketball now, Jim? I mean, you still do clinics and, and stuff like that. You still teaching young kids? Yeah, I, I, I was doing it. I was up in Canada for about a couple of years. That during that year, I had a, there was a sports camp up in Canada uh, that I was doing every summer for two months, and uh, I was training kids. and And people want me to train the kids. I don't really train their kids in me because uh, you just can't do one training. I mean, I can make a ton of money if I wanted to, um, but from you know, you you got to be consistent for that kid to be there one after another, after another, after another. And, and my schedule is not, I, I wasn't conducive for that. I spent two years at Gaston college. I brought back athletics to a community college after 50 years, uh, brought that back, became the athletic director. And then also from there, I um, became the special advisor to the president and mm-hmm. shifted up, but I didn't stay there. The reason why I, I didn't stay there longer because there's a difference of, uh, of opinions on things with the president myself. I didn't think we have a problem, but uh, I, I felt it was best that I'd go ahead and move on. I, I made the accomplishment of giving athletics back. That's the school that Leonard Hamilton went to, the coach of Florida mm. State okay. um, Community College. And I took the job of doing what really wanted to take the job, but I took the job because it was it was a way for me to calm down and, and have uh, deal with an everyday structure and have me flying around speaking over here and speaking there, doing this and doing that. And I love that portion of doing that. But, uh, you know, when you get into that kind of situation, you have alpha dogs and one wants to be the alpha dog. <laughs> and I just felt I just step back and, and, and do some because I got I have a lot of projects. I do a lot of things with the foundation that I have, uh, which I'm going to change. Uh, I do, especially when it comes to youth. Uh, you know, and, and I do a lot of pro- programs in the inner cities where they're underprivileged kids that don't have much of anything because that's I come from that type of situation. So 
to give credence, that's what I'm building up now. And uh, I got four or five different projects. I'm just trying to rest. I've had two hips replaced now. Which oh, is wow. Okay. And, and I'm walking like normal. So I went through that. We're learning how to get older. I know Andrew can tell you about this. He's getting ready to get these. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm like the six million dollar man right now with all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lee Majors, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep, yeah. The bionic man, the bionic man. Yeah. So, but I'm sure this is something you're very proud of. Uh, obviously, you have the ring, and you're a Duke lifer for sure. Uh, you got all the gear and the cap. The, the, the you know. <laughs> so, so Duke is very. You're very much a part of Duke, and Duke's very much a part of you. Hall of Fame in 1994 and the Duke Hall of Honors in 1996. So that, that's really great combination of athletics and academics, which is what Duke was all about, as you mentioned earlier. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you're proud of that. Well, one thing I want to make clear, you know, the thing that, that, that they don't really talk about, people say, everybody else says it, but, you know, God led me to go there. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm not giving no spiritual speech and all that, but, and mm -hmm. I did that and I brought Duke back to the printed, the, Pinnacle of where they had one time back in 63, 64, but it was a, this was a modern era. I'm very thankful for that. Um, the awards and accolades are, are nice. Like I wear that. That's the only jewelry I wear. I wear that ring from time to time because other dude, there's a lot of Duke fans that like to, to see that. Um, but I'm so happy and glad that uh, the achievements happened at Duke because I carried Philadelphia with me. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I represented all the players that goes with Andrew and all the guys, my speed boys. Everything I did at Duke was I knew I had to uh, do well there because I almost flunked out of school one time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and and, and the, the, I cried in my dean's office because I said I didn't want to go back to Philadelphia with my tail between my legs. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going anywhere else. And, and she was Dean Elizabeth Nathans. She was the one that put the foot and the fire up my butt and made me, and, yeah. and she got me, Dr. Deb, Dr. Debwall from my high school. I had a, people that were just so supportive of me and, and, and stood, stood by me and, and helped me, even through all the craziness that was going on. And I'm just happy to see Duke uh, achieve. One of the one things I wanted to do, and I told him that before I left, is when I leave from Duke, there's going to be a lot of African-American players coming after me. And that's why I'm glad I came. I want them to see that I go to Duke at an institution like Duke and achieve and do well on the court and off the court. But they, I told them, I said, they're coming and they're coming after me. They're going to be as good as me or better than me, but mm -hmm. they're coming. And I said, I'm right. glad I'm able to be able to be the one to bring them here. And it wasn't just about being sold, but I had to, I had to achieve certain type of excellence of, of giving certain titles of uh, ACC NCAA All-American, ACC titles, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that all came with it. But they would not retire my jersey. And that's another story, but uh, in itself, that was all Tom Butters uh, and Bill having their fights. And uh, that's one of the reasons why my jersey's not up there, because of Tom and, and Bill having little fights, and that was Bill's favorite. But other than that, I'd like to see the jersey uh, retired, only because of the fact that they were only represent all the guys that played with me. Uh, mm -hmm. Under Jim Sutter to, to uh, like you say, Tommy Emma, who died, and Vince Taylor, these guys. And uh, I felt that uh, I'm not saying I did, everybody says it, but I do know it. I, I brought a cultural pride to being an African American going to Duke and representing that and letting all the people know that we we, we have a gift and we're we, we, we going to make things happen. And I'm glad I was able to be that 
that pioneer, if you want to call it, they say, uh, to bring other the other black athletes to come to Duke and play. Yeah, and just and they're, they're, these are some of those guys uh, in these photos, right? Zion, and of course, Quinn, and then you have Kyrie and Trajan Langdon. We have uh, great guys who followed. Yep, yep. I mean, it, it's amazing to hear guys like Dawkins and and, and Vince yeah. Taylor said. You know, reason why I came to Duke is I watched you on TV, and I was wondering why you why you at Duke and and seeing your achievements. You know, I I literally broke down and cried when Vince Taylor told me that, and then to hear it from other players that came after me, it's 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 really humbling. You know, um, you say that you feel it when you when you leave and say, oh yeah, I I'm, I'm bringing all these guys here. No, but when when <laughs> someone someone tells you that, uh, you're the reason why this, and you're the reason for that. And, uh, it, it's, it's just amazing. I keep saying that that was uh, God using me, uh, God Joe using me as a, as a spearhead to show His goodness. And like I said, I don't, I don't get on. I might get on the spiritual kick, but it's, it's, it, it, it's what it was. He, he used me as a, as a thing and allowed me to be a voice and, and be a person to show that. And, and now, who benefits from it? Duke's one of the top basketball programs in the world. Right, for sure, for sure, definitely. Well, wow. Great, great stories from, from Gene Banks. Of course, even Andrew saying, as you can yeah. see, we thank you, Gene, for sharing your collegiate and professional career with the Philippine Basketball Association family. And Andrew appreciates you, Gene. So, and, and we appreciate Andrew Fields for actually making this connection, you know, letting yeah. us thank you. Uh, get in touch with Gene Banks and, and bring him on this show. You know, we're, we're, we're such an honored, uh, privileged bunch to have you on the show, Gene. Thank you so much for coming. Well, you on guys know Andrew. Andrew was, I mean, Guys, you didn't see the, you saw Andrew when he was there, <laughs> but you didn't see Andrew before he got there. I mean, uh -huh. he was, I mean, he's, man, he, we, we, I, I'm not going to say so much we idolized him, but he was mm -hmm. that guy, you know, Andrew Fields, you say Andrew Fields, you know, we knew, you know, he's, uh -huh. he's, he's, he's that dude. He's, he's a baller. And <laughs> not only that, but is it, his presence uh, as a person. Uh, was just was just always just just beautiful. You, you've always been mm -hmm. like that, and I'm just I'm just thankful that I've had a chance to live this world. Because uh, as you all know, people are leaving here it, very fast, very fast. Yep, uh, coaches and players, and have lost so many that you have to appreciate every day, and appreciate the time that you've had, and appreciate the people that you've met. And I'm, I'm thankful to do this because, in fact, I want to be able to say this uh, to share some of my stories. And, and know that because people really don't know the Philadelphia with Andrew and I came up in. It was it was just unbelievable, especially talent-wise, basketball-wise. But it was a time, too, where we had gangs, but people kind of cared. We, we kind of looked out and cared for each other back then. There was a, there was a sense of community and family. And, and, we, and that's changed. It has changed completely. But I'm thankful. I'm mm -hmm. thankful. And thank you for you guys letting me be on your show and I uh, appreciate it. And, God's, it's God's our pleasure, guys. And, and it's our pleasure, of course. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, tell everybody if they want to see more, they can go on my website, GeneBanksLegend.com. Oh, definitely, definitely. We're gonna we're gonna post that as well on our on our site. But before we let you go, Gene, we just have our regular segment that we do at the end of the show. And of course, that was time capsule. That's the last photo we have, and and that was brought to us by Fitbit. We're gonna enter what we call the twilight zone. That means we're about to end the show. It's like the last <laughs> two minutes of the game. Okay, so. The first segment of uh, the Twilight Zone is called X's or O's. It's brought to us by uh, Tuminugan Farm. It's your private paradise in the heart of Bukidnon. If you want to relax and un unwind, why not rejuvenate and reconnect with the nature right 
with nature right at the foot of the Kitanglad mountain range in Bukidnon. Choose from a wide range of accommodations like the farmhouse, the bungalow, the cottage, or the tulugan. It can accommodate entire families, groups of friends, backpackers, and even team building events. So check out the website tuminuganfarm.com or Instagram or Facebook for more information. Book now and you can start your Mindanao adventure there today. All right. So beautiful over there. We've seen photos in recent days. But nice. so here's what we do. Here's what we do, Gene. On, on uh, maybe if you come over to the Philippines, we can take you there to Tuminugan Farm. X's or O's. It's a bunch of choices. I made a list of choices. You, I'll let, I'll let you choose. You make your choice. You don't have to explain why you chose it. So it's a bunch. It's, I'm going to go down this list that I have. So let's let's get started. Okay, let's get started. George Gervin or Michael Jordan? Wow. Dude, come on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's just the first one. Um, wow. I, I, I had a more intimate relationship with, with George than, than, okay. than, than so I, I, I would go with the Iceman. With George. Iceman, okay, over air. Okay. How about this one? And we hardly mentioned him considering you're from Philadelphia and all of that. Dr. J or Michael Jordan? Wow. I've had relationships, connections with the. Uh, Dr. Now is this? Is, <laughs> wow, she's Michael. Uh, Doctor J. Doctor J. Yeah, I figured. Okay, how about this? Sedale Threat or John Paxson? Wow! Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> John Paxson. Because I let Sedale was Sedale was a treat. He was something else. He was from another <laughs> planet, but he was fun to play with. Right, had a nice uh, medium range medium, medium range jumper too. Okay, how about this one? Alvin Robertson or Quinton Daly? Ooh, Alvin Robertson. I love Alvin. Alvin Robertson. Alvin okay, was, I love him too. The reggae, the reggae man. Okay. Uh, Cotton Fitzsimmons, Doug Collins, or Stan Albeck? Stan Albeck. Number Stan Albeck, one. Okay. Cotton Fitzsimmons okay. the last. No, no disrespect to the late Cotton Fitzsimmons. Okay, okay. All right, how about this one? S centers in your career. Artis Gilmore or Mike Jaminski? Ooh. Hmm. Wow. Wow. These are tough ones, man. Because these are teammates, you know. <laughs> I've had relationships with these guys, you know. Uh, yeah. And they both they both had different flaws. I mean, artist uh -huh. artist was just a gentle giant. If he uh -huh. if he had just stepped on people, we'd have won an NBA championship. If he didn't just uh -huh. beat people up, Mike, Mike was oh my God. Oh jeez. <laughs> I'm yeah. giving you a hard time at the at yeah, almost eleven I, I, in the I, evening. I, I, Sorry I, about that. That's, that's that's equal. I mean, it's a tie. Yeah. It's a tie. Yeah. It's allowed. Yeah. Ties yeah. are allowed. Ties are allowed. Okay, the next one. Okay, and and I asked this these two big white guys on your team, Dave Corzine or Billy Pulse. Dave Corzine. Dave Corzine. Okay, Johnny Moore or John Lucas. Wow, that's a tough one. I wanted to go with Johnny Moore because I played with Johnny more than than Luke. Long. Okay. Okay, Johnny Moore. How about this? Orlando Woolridge or Mike Mitchell? Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell. Okay. How about this? In your in your draft class, Mark Aguirre or Buck Williams? Buck Williams. Buck Williams. Okay. And he did win the rookie of the year over Mark Aguirre. Bulls or Spurs? <laughs> man this is no that's a tie because that's a tie, I, had a okay. great, I had a great time in san antonio and chicago is an awesome mm -hmm. sports town okay okay so that's a tie how about this bill foster or mike krzyzewski wow come on man <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Gene's about to say bye, guys. Okay. <laughs> so I only have Mike. The, the only thing I regret is I didn't have Mike for another year. I only had him for mm-hmm. one year. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. Bill Bill would have to get the nod for that, you know, because I, okay. I had him for three years. And uh, right, right, but right. like I said, I regret it. The only thing I regret for Mike is that I only had him for one year. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about so, this? Who who did you like less, the Lakers or the Celtics? Like less? Yeah. The Lakers. I enjoy. I, like I enjoy them. playing the Lakers. Oh, okay, you enjoy playing the Lakers. Okay. How about the Bucks or the Sixers? Sixers are the strong ones. Okay, Sixers anytime. Okay, because of Philly, of course. Yes. Offense or defense? I'm more def. I like defense. Okay, defense. How about this? Mark Olberding or Charles Oakley? Ooh, wow! Now Olberding bruisers. Guys who bump you. Yeah, Olberding took me under my on his wing, but. There's no doubt about it. Charles is like my brother. Oak, the oak tree is tops, no doubt. The oak tree. Okay. Okay. How about this? North Carolina or North Carolina State? Wow. Um, that's kind of weird because I'm, I'm getting <laughs> closer to North Carolina guys more now than in state. I like I love Norm Sloan. My mom loved Norm Sloan. That's a uh state. 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 Uh, okay. Carolina. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Carolina. I will go with Carolina. I go with Carolina. More, more Carolina. Okay. More okay. 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 How about this? Wizards or Bullets? Wizards. Wizards. Okay. You like the Wizards more. JaVale McGee or Andre Blatch? Mm. Um, wow. I love them both. That's a tie. That's a tie. Okay. And then let's show the first photo, please, Carly. This one, Lawrence Fishburne or Samuel Jackson? Samuel. Samuel Jackson, okay. Yeah. And then the last photo. Wow. Pacino or De Niro? De Niro. De Niro wins this time, okay. That's X's or O's for episode 191 of the Eternity of Basketball. I will turn it over now to my partner, Sid Ventura. Go, Sid, do your thing. But second. you guys forgot something. What? Which one? Which one? You know, I played in a movie called Eddie. With Whoopi Goldberg. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. I saw the photo. That's right. Yeah. You were you uh, were on, was, on the TV screen. Almost, on the movie. Yeah. It almost it almost changed my whole career. I'm 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 still still paying SAG SAG dues just just on G, GP. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw that photo. That's right. You with Whoopi Goldberg. You're sitting with her. And... Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? How was that experience? The greatest, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I was I almost with my wife started getting sick was the reason why I didn't care. I would have carried it on and, and went on into in, into the movie industry, except for she got sick and I had to stay home. There's still time. Yeah, who yeah. knows? There's still time. Who yeah. knows, right? Maybe there'll be a remake, you know? It's, yeah, it's all the trend right now, right? Yeah, they, they should do they should do a remake. Whoopi's still here and everybody's still they should do Eddie yeah. too. That'll be great. Especially right, yeah, yeah. that's great. Right, right, right. Okay, Sid, it's your turn now. Okay, um, yeah, my segment, first of all, brought to you by Manila Cookie Story. Check out all of their great cookies, cookie flavors, and uh, just uh, follow their uh, Instagram and Facebook accounts to get more information. They're available in Cultura, Frank and Friends, Snack Exchange, and even in Starbucks. Okay, Manila Cookie Story. Dark chocolate chip is my favorite. Okay, uh, Gene, my question for you is, if you could have dinner with any basketball personality, past or present, Living or dead, you know, American mm. or foreign, who would it be and why? Um, 
Oscar Robinson. Okay. okay. Oh, first time I think we've had that answer, right, Charlie? Yeah. yeah, what, yeah. Why? The big O. Okay. Why the big O? Because he went through a time, uh, especially in high school. I, I would like, I would love to talk about yeah. his high school time. Uh, yeah. What he went through, especially with the the, the racism and things that he might yeah. have went through and so forth, that would be very interesting. And then him going to college and then to the pros, um, that would be a very good, interesting story. Matter of fact, you know, I had a podcast called The Bank Shot, and if you mm -hmm. go into my website, you can go in there and we won won an award for that, uh, directed and produced by Lynette Jackson myself. Um, and there's some stories in there that people would love to go and go to genebankslegend.com and then there's a podcast called The Bank Shot. And there's 40, there's Iceman story, there's Bob McAdoo story, uh, Joey Crawford story. You got to visit it and, and listen to those stories. They're, they're amazing. There's 20 something of those stories. And uh, we will do I, that. I thought about getting back in that too as well. Okay, yep, we will you do that. check that out. Genebankslegend.com. That's the website to go to to check out everything about gene and all the other stuff but yeah some stuff you know, in there. Yeah. yeah yeah some photos and then the history and all of that yeah. so i'm gonna check out that oscar robertson uh, uh episode that's yeah. the, that's the website genebankslegend.com so awesome. everybody please yes. check yeah. that yeah. one out and i, I, I respond awesome. back. i go on and i respond back that you can leave a met leave your contact and you know I, I have a jersey that's out now in in the west philadelphia jersey duke jersey and uh, I, I market my own self. You know, I used to ask uh -huh. other people to do it, but I can market my own self. But I raised the money for my foundation for kids, and all the money I get in for the for that, I use it for the kids, and uh, that's just awesome. That uh, I got my own Duke jersey that's that's being marketed, uh -huh. West Philly jersey. I got a beautiful T-shirt that was done by uh, Tunes. Uh, so I, people can get learn learn a lot more about certain things and, and be helpful because one of my biggest crusades is going to be against home, uh, trying to stop homelessness. And that's one of my things. Wow. I'm tackle. That's so great. That's great, Gene. Thanks so much. Before we let you go, again, uh, this is the time we enter the last segment. It's called Hello Porky. This is the greetings portion I told you about. <laughs> time, time for you to, time for you to shout out, acknowledge, think, uh, you know, just just mention anybody you'd like to uh, from your long basketball career. I'm sure there's a lot of people you want to say hello to. Well, one of the things I like to say is I'd like to give a special special acknowledgement to my, my friend and teammate, Vince Taylor, Howard Morrison, members of the Duke 1978 basketball team, all those games, Scott, Scott Getz, uh, uh, Jim Spinarco, Mike Jeminski, just the Robert Hardy, just to name a few. Uh, also want to give a shout out to a lot of the guys that Duke football is really hot right now. And you know, they're going to be playing Notre Dame. And some of my buddies that were there, Mike, Mike Barney and, and uh, Derek Penn, my brother, Mike Bennett, uh, midnight, and uh, I can go down a list of, of so many people. Dr. Caroline Lattimore, who was very instrumental of carrying me through the things I went through at Duke, and she was the reason why I did graduate. And as you do know, I'm thankful that I was the commencement speaker and I graduated really high in my class. To all my Duke people that were there, STP, thank you so much. To all the people in Greensboro that have been so helpful to me, the Peacemaker, Africa, uh, Africa Kilimanjaro and her family, and also to uh, my family, my brothers and sisters, and to my kids. I love you guys, and uh, thank you for being wonderful and and, and, and being helpful to me and, and being a headache to me as well sometimes. <laughs> uh, um, and to uh, my coach, Joey Goldenberg, uh, West Philadelphia High School, thank you so much um, for helping me through all this. Sunny Hill, Mohaw, Bill Baggett. I can go down a list of so many people. Coach K, um, Mickey Kaszewski. There's so many people that I, it's hard to thank everyone. 
-hmm. but I want to say, and more than anything else, I want to give praise and honor and thankful to all those people when I had my really tough times and hard times uh, where I almost want to give up uh, to so many friends. I, it, it's just, just a proliferate of people that I want to say thank you to and, and, and be appreciative. But the number one person, and I'll knock it in like that, is the almighty God, Jehovah, and his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, like I said, I don't push it, but I'm thankful that he has been so, he's been there for me. He's been there for me. When I had the downs and the lows, I want to give praise out to God before I give praise to anything else and anyone else, to God for that. And, and I'm just thankful for the life I've had, tragedy and comedy. Thank you. And, and thank you guys. And I'm looking forward to being invited to Philippines. Oh, oh yeah, sure. We hope you can come <laughs> over one time. And Sid's going to take you around, mm -hmm. take you out for dinner and all of that. You pay for your when you come over. I look forward to it. Just let me know. Give me a schedule. Anytime after the fifth, anytime after the first of November, let's make it happen. Yo, All good. Right. That, that's great. So Gene Dranks played 468 NBA games in six seasons, 11.3 points per game, 5.8 boards, and 2.9 assists on great field goal and free throw percentage. That's something that's missing nowadays. So 54% yeah. from the field, 73% from the line. What a career he had. And, and you know, just, just, just great uh, accomplishments all around for you, Gene. We thank you for coming on our show. Uh, before we let you go, we'd like to say thank you to everybody who helps out on the show. San Miguel Corporation always helps us out. Uh, to Minugan Farm, Manila Cookie Story, and of course, Fitbit. Uh, we thank uh, PH uh, Sports Bureau and uh, uh, PBA Archives for the help with the photos and, and most of the information that we share on this show. We'd like to greet people from the AOB family who celebrated their birthdays. In this past week, uh, Bennett Pallad, Andy Howe, of course, Dr. J, Freddy Hubaldi, and Coach Ruel Gomez are celebrating their birthdays today. So happy birthday to these four gentlemen. Um, thank you to Andrew Fields, of course, for like like we said many times yeah. earlier, to for, for connecting us with Gene Banks. Um, this is episode 191. It's now in the books. We will announce our next guest as soon as we can on our Facebook page. But in the meantime, that's it for today. Gene Banks, thank you so much for being on our show, sharing your stories about Larry Bird and whoever else and George Gervin and Michael Jordan, just some of the greats of the game. But you are one of the greats as well. Mr. Gene Tinkerbell Banks, everybody. So thank you so much. So on behalf of Sid Ventura, I'm Charlie Kuna. Gene, you, God bless you. God bless, God bless you, you. Everybody take care, guys. We'll see you all next week. Thank you so much. And Carla, of course, behind the scenes. Just oh, we, 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 oh, there's something. Yeah, we're just going to talk about one thing. Right, right. Sorry. One last thing. Tomorrow, there's a book launch. There's a book launch tomorrow. Official book launch and signing for the book, When We Were Champions, The Great Days of Philippine Basketball, written by Noel Albano. Seb Sarmenta, of course, will be there. So check it out, guys. Check it out. Hobby Stadium. Tomorrow, free entry starting 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then your personalities So they'll be there. Okay, so please check that out. The Basket Vault is sponsoring that, and uh, there'll be raffle prizes, Q and A's, and yep. talks, exhibits, etc., etc. So, panoorin yung puya, puntahan yung puya. When we were champions by Noel Albano, Gene Banks has left the room, and we are going to leave as well. Thank you so much, Carly. Bye. Maraming salamat sa inyong lahat. Maraming salamat. Thank you. Bye.